Hello, I'm Dan McDowell, longtime professional broadcaster. Why subscribe to our Patreon podcast? Well, perhaps you support our struggle to get out from under the oppressive thumb of the man. Or objectively, if you sign up at patreon.com slash thedumbzone, you'll get the two episodes per week that are available on all podcast platforms, like this one, plus an additional two episodes each week that are exclusive to Patreon. So subscribing on Patreon gets you four episodes per week. Oh my, what a bargain. Now, on to today's program. The All right, you look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? One name? One name? Who are you, Seal? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, that's right. Happy 61st birthday to Seal. Most people woke up thinking about that. That's why the post offices are closed today. I mean, it's got to be. And other government agencies. And uh, that's why Jake's not here. Every year he takes Seal's birthday (laughs) off. So um, this little podcast, this little stream, this little whatever that we record live to tape featuring uh, Dan, me. Hi, Dan. Uh, Jake, not here. Uh, Blake. Hi, Blake. Hey, dude. But there's no way we can handle this ourselves. No. Too much for me to handle. So because it's a free episode, we really need to bring it today. Didn't you tell me that Friday? Like the fr- the paid episode, you you were saying, oh, those people are already there, but like these are people we need to uh, we need to groom, we need to groom you. Perhaps even go over to old patreon.com slash the dumb zone. But uh, you know, that's up to you. Uh, but because it's a uh, episode, we really need to bring it. We decided to get out, do a comprehensive search, looked across the land, hired a uh, firm. To, uh, to tell us who would be the best possible fill-in today. And that is how we have landed on Ted Emmerich, yes. the great Ted Emmerich. Whoa. Teddy Ball Games. From broadcasting. From, <laughs> <laughs> from broadcasting. Well, I mean, you're. I feel like you don't receive just one check. That is correct. Or one name on your check. <laughs> one name. Are you one name? Are you kind of like me now? You're trying to find like all these different people that have paid you for the year. Yeah, you're giving ra- all to your you're, tax guy you're, in you're, just a box. You're rounding up your W twos and ten ninety nines. Yeah. you know, really in depth tax talk here, Blake. You and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, Dan's getting there. And I'm now part you of this now. You're part terrible of this world. beating that you live in. <clears throat> it's just uh, so I got to save this, and I yep. got to know the. Yep. I got to mark the mileage we drove to Oklahoma. Yeah. Write uh-huh. it off. I got to mark, you know, if I buy a paper, we mark that. Like, yeah, oh, okay. Supplies. Yeah. Yep. Where is Jake, by the way? Is he on another stoner ski trip? I think he's in Mexico. We could actually call him. He has offered that. Mm. Does he have unlimited PTO in this new setup? <clears throat> yeah, but he's gonna apparently t- he's going to tell us that because we called him, he can technically <clears throat> say he worked that oh, day. Okay, well then I guess we can't call him. I'm confused about the 
ability to call internationally anyway. <laughs> just because I just got a, a notice yesterday that we got $50 of international charges last month. Uh-oh, France. Uh-oh. And so, yeah, France I don't know. Girl. She got her a new SIM card and all this. France prep has really begun. So we now officially have our flights. We're going. All right. Oh, that's not a joke. Um, me, I'm going. You're yeah. not. Still can't believe that. Uh, March 11th, we leave. You're not on board with that, Blake. Why? (laughs) We'll get to that. Yeah. Good for you, Dan. Locking that down. Have you been? To France? I have not. Or just overseas? Yes, I've been overseas. Uh, (laughs) It's awesome, dude. Like, Again, back to you, Blake. I just, uh, I don't get it. I've been looking forward to it, but now like. Now that it's real, I'm almost not looking forward to it because I don't know how I'm going to handle the jet lag. Because we leave at uh, we leave at like noon or something from here, then go to Atlanta for a, a holdover, and then we we go from Atlanta. But then we land at seven a.m. France yeah. time. You have you, to just stay up the entire day. But seven a.m. France time is like midnight here. I, I know, and. Your body is telling you, I need rest, I need to sleep. No, stay up. Get on time so will I, with where you are. The thing is, can I get drunk? Can I do something to fall asleep <laughs> take while a, we're on the plane? Take a gummy. That doesn't make me fall asleep. Really? It just makes me uh, clean the kitchen and <laughs> oh. be productive. Dude, Maybe I need out. to take more more gummy Maybe. or a different kind of gummy. Yeah, you. <clears throat> I can't remember if Bob said this on our podcast or another one, but... Breakfast time is when you get on ske- on your new schedule. He tells, he said, get up, get in the sun, and eat breakfast mm-hmm. uh, in your new time zone. Yeah, so, fasting. Yeah, so you can't, oh, wow, that's going to be a long day of not eating. Right, and they're offering, the, you know, it's part of the meal, the thing on the plane. But. And if it's salmon and broccoli, you have to eat it. Yeah, that doesn't save. Maybe I could fat, you know, just do the dinner fast, like starting. Uh, I'll eat at noon or whatever, and then that's it until. Yeah, you probably eat on the first plane, which I guess would be midnight, but seven a.m. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's gonna be tough, man. Yeah, like, and obviously, I would have chosen a different flight, but it was all based on one flight was like two thousand bucks, and this one was like seven hundred. Oh yeah. So I think I'll go with the seven hundred. Of course. Yeah. But I'm sure Haralabob is like got a PJ, or he's you know he can actually say, okay, I'll pay two thousand because it's better for my sleep schedule. Well, and then pay another two thousand for his dog, and for his dog, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. what a life he leads! I know. After listening to that interview, my first international flight was I was in college and went to Ireland with. Kate, my wife, girlfriend at the time, of course, and that's where all of her family is. And I remember it's the same setup. You know, you're flying in, you get in. They live there. That, yeah, a, a lot of her extended family. I mean, parents are here in America, okay. but, you know, from Ireland originally. And you land at 7 a.m., whatever it is, and you just have to fight it. You have to stay engaged. Did and, you hey, do it? We're doing this, yeah. And I slept for like ten hours that night. And I I got to about I think it was around maybe nine o'clock that night. And those first few days, yes. Are you going to get up early? Of course you are. But the sooner you can get on schedule, the better it will be for 
the duration of your trip. Yeah, and the trip's only like seven days or eight days. I guess in Monday we leave, and then we come back the Tuesday, late Tuesday, the next week. And another thing is just now, um, you know, hotels. Uh, oh, my Clemson daughter wants to go, so now we had to get her a flight real quick. Nice. And it whole, adds a whole nother. Oh, no. It's adding a whole nother layer of beating and financial uh, burden. Yeah. But she wants to go, and like she's like, when will I ever have a chance to go again? I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. So now it's like we can't just get a hotel room with a uh, king bed. That's fine. Yeah. But now, okay, now we got to get a hotel maybe with a pullout too mm. or something. A or, suite. But then we're all going to be – and it's – we want to stay somewhat near the Eiffel Tower, which is probably even higher dollar because that's where the daughter lives in her yeah. little tiny apartment. So we've been checking Airbnb and VRBO. They do have those, but that's so hit or miss when the picture looks good, but then you get there and it's hor- You know, I don't know if you've ever had a bad experience, but I have. And I can't imagine you know going over there. I don't know. They, uh, yeah. One of those companies tried putting me in a homeless shelter one time. Wow. Really? It was really cheap. Yeah. And it was... it's a Well, and that's the thing. My wife is like real <clears throat> conscious about the money, which she should be because yeah. we're in a certain weird situation now. But so now <laughs> she's looking at, well, I want to pay this one is $130 a night. I'm like, what do you think it's going to be for $130 a night that sleeps six? Yeah. Like, it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, and then it's, you know... So a hotel is probably the way to... And then another wrench is, uh, wife is like, I'm going to Amsterdam. I don't care if you want to go. I'm going and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, of course, I'll mm-hmm. do what you want to do. Well, now, uh, daughter one also wants to go, and now extra daughter uh, wants to go. So now it's like, <laughs> all right, so we'll get a hotel for three nights. <sighs> Can Take a train to Amsterdam because it's a four and a half hour uh, ride. Oh, okay. my gosh. Stay overnight Friday, do Amsterdam all day Saturday, stay overnight Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday in Amsterdam, and then train ride back Sunday, and now we have two more days in France. Blake, you are visibly stressed out just listening to the Trying to set it up is a horrible beating, because now we got to get a hotel over in Amsterdam, too, and figure out a bunch of stuff to do. Yeah. Which... I mean, you're gonna have. I don't. I, es- you're gonna have an escort. I don't know what she's gonna do. Right. I'm gonna get in a hange <laughs> all day, and I'll be at the <laughs> in the window. They're gonna uh, put you in the window advertising the hash. her services. <laughs> no, I guess hash bar. Okay, let me explain. If that, okay. if you were doing that here, then I could, I could understand. But I just, I'm so afraid of not knowing their language. Yeah. Being out of like, I get so mad at people when they're just aiming just uh or just wandering aimlessly like let's go go and i feel like if i'm over there i'm trying to get on a train to amsterdam i'm not i I don't know that just seems really stressful i would just be so out of place and it's you're right everything is going to cost a lot and i don't know i don't envy your trip coming up our listener who lives in france i talked to him over the weekend Mm. and He's going to be back here in Missouri for that week. Oh, because I thought that would have helped. Yeah, you could have right. crashed with him. If I not just not crash, 
Yeah, I should have been like, hey, uh, can I have your house? I'll take, yeah, I'll what take if over uh, your how place. much? How much would you charge me? Well, I'll pay instead of a Airbnb. Yeah, you should actually do that. Should I? Yes. Paying dumb zone merchandise. I don't think he lives anywhere near the Eiffel Tower, oh. but yeah, but if it's that would probably be way better. Yeah. Can the other daughter just crash with the youngers? No, because it's a very small. Her apartment is very small. Like there's already three people in there, and it's a thing this size. And is she going to fly here to then fly to Atlanta, or meet you in Atlanta? No, she's going to meet us in France because oh, she's just going to go straight. the The cost for leaving and getting on our flight again, Jeez. it was two thousand dollars for that. It's still like a thousand. Her flight yeah. ends up being. Uh, but yeah, so now yeah, it's all a very stressful weekend, and uh, so if I slide into business talk. Um, do we need sounder for business talk? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because I'm trying to say, you're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. It's business. This is for Blake to timestamp it. Oh yeah. So over the weekend, <laughs> I was also trying to, you know, I I haven't got back to. Remember, I told you. I guarantee you I will get back to all the people who have asked for a 690 remote <laughs> or 690 sit-in yeah. or a uh, they've they've reached out and said they were interested in advertising. We do have someone that will be able to contact them now. Ooh. You get a, a business sales guy. manager? We got a sales guy. We might have a business manager. Wow. But both. Big time. So what we need though, what they're say- telling me is I need a uh, we need a good website or a website. Websites are important <laughs> because we are going to try and tie in and try and look more professional than we are and tie in all the uh, whatever email addresses to that website. And so it'll be like sales at dumbzone.com. So we have acquired dumbzone.com. Okay. For a price way higher than I thought we would have to pay. Six ninety one. I will tell you in a moment. Okay. Because I will make that price seem lower. Because this is the, this is the, um, these are the the steps that took us to getting dumbzone.com. So we want the dumbzone.com, mm. and it's another one of our new people are like, you got to have everything match. You want your social media stuff to match your website. Branding. Everything. It's, it's yes. about the brand. So Blake has done a pretty good job on The Dumb Zone. In fact, we had a nice uh, listener, right, give us The Dumb Zone at, uh, on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, we used to have, like, Dumb Zone 69. Yes. <laughs> so I think on most platforms you have The Dumb Zone. I'm not sure if it's Instagram. I think Instagram is the one that's a little different. Yeah, that's Dumb Zone 69. But so I think across the board we have the dumb zone. But for the dumb zone, it was taken. And so there is a way in your uh, domain name purchasing website, like GoDaddy, I use something called Namecheap.com. That's where all the the past things I've bought. That's where, uh, you know, whatever. I I own Kempspin.com. There's just nothing on there. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I've owned it for years. But, you know, just it's like a just in case. 
So when I go there to buy thedumbzone.com, it says it's taken. You can bid a minimum bid of $199. Now, when you do that, you have to sign up to another website. It's like a third party, a broker, that they will connect, they will contact this person and uh, they will give bids back and forth. So for 20 bucks, GoDaddy's was like 70. Mm. So on Namecheap, it was like for 20 bucks, sign up for this and we'll be your go-between. Namecheap probably doesn't have Danica Patrick, though, in some exclusive video on their site. Right. So the uh, I bid 200 bucks. I mean, why go nuts? Yeah. But see what that'll get you. A lot of discussion on whether we should do this or not. We had DumbZone.com on the hook in the cart, but the price to me was too outrageous. I didn't want to pay that price, and we wanted the DumbZone. So uh, that offer was rejected and countered, as you know, in the fantasy sports <coughs> world. That happens a lot, right? Reject but, and counter. But that's good because if we're going to stick with fantasy, at least the owner is uh, checking trades. Right. We've, not just Right, because yeah, that's right. part of the $20 yeah. you spend is like a, we may never be able to contact them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's just a, uh, you're hoping that the $20 is good. So the counter was $75,000. Okay. Uh, that's a drastic jump. That's like you're trying no to trade way. for a tight end and he's uh, wanting your entire team. <laughs> so I Yeah, uh, Christian McCaffrey, please. Oh my gosh. So I bid I rejected that and countered. I figured okay, this is just silly. But you, all right, let's you, play around a little bit. You countered again? I, well, I I did 250 bucks. And you had to pay an extra 20, right? No, 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 no. So it turns out, I mm. think I told you this on Friday, but it turns out it's not 20 each each transaction. Okay. It's 20 for the first. I, I had clicked the wrong button. All right. I'm not good at internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured for fun, since I'm in this game, all right, I'll just uh, throw him 50 extra dollars because I, I know it's a lost cause now. <laughs> and He's not serious. In fact, so I think is. right after the thing, though, I talked to Jake, talked to our... our new business guy and everything and it's like all right let's pay for dumbzone.com so while this negotiation continued with this guy i bought dumbzone.com so remember his first bid was like 75,000 so we bought dumbzone.com for 695 dollars damn dude which seemed excessively high to me Dumbzone.net was available, dumbzone.whatever, these, all these other things, but... Dumb-zone.com, I think, was a penny. Right, that's available. <laughs> hmm. uh, The-dumbzone.com. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. Da dashes don't work. No. Yeah. It feels like they work for 690 bucks, but anyway, so yeah. we bought it. Okay. Okay. So we got dumbzone.com. Yes, okay. and then it renews every year for like 10 bucks. Okay. So apparently it's like a premium site because it has certain word keywords and i think zone is a keyword mm. i don't it can't be dumb not dumb right? apparently yeah. <laughs> so they say the premium sites are always going to cost because they have certain keywords that are great mm. for searching i i don't know we didn't when naming this stupid <laughs> effing podcast we didn't think about any of this stuff 
We were sitting here one time, and we were like, I don't know. We were the hang zone. I don't know. We're we're idiots. You know, we and it. Were you in this room? I don't remember, Jake. No, you weren't here. You were still working at the ticket. It was just me and Jake. We had just, you know, the, the musers had just barely said, you know, hey, uh, these guys, are, like, we all knew it was official now. Okay, yeah, so now right. I guess we have to move forward. What are we going to do? Uh, what should we name it? We searched a few things, and we're going to call it, like, the Dragon Den, whatever, and it turns out, well, that is uh, all these Game of Thrones uh, people or yeah, yeah. fans have. Which their, makes sense. Yeah. There's 50 Dragon Den podcasts. So yes, so ended ended up with dumb zone. Didn't think, oh, well, uh, someday somebody's going to tell us we need to brand all these things the same and blah blah blah. So yeah. Anyway, needed to hire that brand manager on day one. So I countered with two hundred. Now back to this guy because now I'm just playing. And have you said what the website directs to? What is it? Because I think that's a part of this. It directs to like nothing. <clears throat> it's nothing important. So when you pull up the dumbzone.com is it like chew? Well, it wants to play me a video of two beavers. What? Promoting snuff. Okay. Yeah. But you would think like they have some sort of value in this website or something, but it's I mean, that's how basic it looks. There's a video and it's just promoting snuff and I, it's just really weird. Snuff, but this does not seem like a seventy-five thousand dollars website. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, so cheaper dot com. I went with banner up top. I went with two fifty. Okay, he comes back with seventy thousand dollars. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I gonna, was. Hey, he's going to meet you in the middle. I was throwing this back and forth with one of our great lawyers, Brunig, and uh, he said, "Hey, you're doing good. Fifty. Yeah. <laughs> you traded fifty dollars for five thousand. Yeah, you know, you're on your way. Yeah." yeah. So then I think I I, um, I just didn't do anything for like a day. The next day, he comes back again with a $69,000. So now I think he's doing bits. Now, yes. So I countered with 420. Ooh. Excellent. <laughs> and I told him I liked his style because you could... Put a little, oh, little, oh little direct message. You could put a, a direct message in there, and his were, you know, uh, at first, I mean, it was very choppy English, but it almost seemed like I'm faking the choppy English. Hmm. Oh, so he was leaving comments for each one? Yes. And it would say, at first it was like, this is very valuable, or, uh, <laughs> no way, um, dude. or something it was like, pay or else. <laughs> Need money to feed cat. Shut up. Okay. Like he was doing bits. Okay. Uh, and we, you're certain it's a he. In my country, we love your president, Jill Biden. Jill Biden. Like he was just all okay. these silly things. So okay. I, I put, I like your style with the 69,000. I gave him 420. He, uh, I think he went down to like whatever, uh, 65,000. And then I, I gave him my final offer of 69 or 690. Um, and yeah, so we but don't, we, I'm, I have a, our, one of our business guys is like, you know what? I was able to find his, whatever address is he, I don't know if this is him, yeah, but I think him it's down. him. <laughs> and then we can hunt try, him. we can actually try calling him. Okay. We doing that now? You want to do it now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's time for a dumb zone. 
We called and we got uh, voicemail. So um, that's what you can do in this recorded medium. Yeah. Pretty exciting, isn't it, Ted? Podcasts are amazing, Dan. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they really so are. If he calls back. Yeah. He won't. Right? Like he thinks we're mad or something. I, I'm i not mad, though. I'm very interested in this bit. Yeah. In just the fact that you remember Gordon did this. Gordon Keith at the ticket did this a long time ago when I worked with Bob. He bought badradio.com. And so for years we had, or was it bobanddan.com? And we, uh, we were using bobanddan.net. <laughs> and did he just refuse to sell? Yes, for many, many years until I guess, you know, he changed a lot over the last five yeah. years and oh, you weren't noticing course. it and yeah. then then he he He's actually mellowed did, he yeah. transferred it over to us at some point but did you <laughs> offer him money uh i don't know it's not like we could offer enough money for gordon yeah you know it was all about the bit i think it was about the bit which i do respect uh so anyway we own that website we're going to have a. Uh, Emails sent out very soon to those who have emailed me uh, <laughs> with an actual... Uh, and then it's like we're trying to get... Again, I'm not good at internet. I'm trying to use my internet people to get our website. And the you have to go through Namecheap to get the Google business emails. And it's, it's all very confusing, Blake. So what if this guy comes back and says, all right, fine. I'll sell it to you for $1,000. Then, well, let's just cross that when we come to it. Then are we going to say we spent 1700 bucks on two websites? Again, I don't know. I'm not the business guy. I don't make these decisions. Okay. <laughs> Here's another important question for you. You mentioned how important it is to have email addresses with at thedumbzone.com. Are you willing, Dan, to sacrifice your Hotmail account and move primarily to dan at the dumbzone.com. No. That's a bridge too far. Yeah. I won't do that. It's too sacred. Yeah. For all those in, in the nation. Yeah. In the Hotmail nation. <laughs> the Hotmail zone. Yes. So I, I, I absolutely can't do that. You had a busy weekend. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> what did you do? <clears throat> Argyle girls softball? Uh, no, I don't do that. Uh, the girls did win on Friday night, so we're playing round three tonight. Basketball? Which is, which is exciting. Yes, Lady Eagle basketball. But Sunday was opening day for my slow pitch softball league. All right. We had our draft a couple years ago or a couple weeks ago. Uh, met did up. draft? Did you go number one? Uh, I was first round, I think, but no. Oh, I, man. I, I don't one. know if I'm first round or not. It's not one one. So, uh, so humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was late, late round one. Oh, come um, on. but then yeah, that's a value pick. Had a uh, yeah, big time value. Met up at the cages uh, last weekend. Tried to break off some of the rust, but then uh, yeah. You go to a cage for slow pitch softball? <laughs> Listen, when you haven't played since June, 
I just I needed to I needed to take a few hacks. Okay. It was this easy. This is though, right? this is how far I've fallen. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, if you have to practice to and get ready for a slow pitch softball game. And I'm aware how f- how far I've fallen. Are you able to tune the machine so that the delivery is that slow and underhanded? Uh we just would get in the cage, we'd just have a guy pitch to us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're back. What's the team name? Who you who were you drafted by? So last year I was a Red Sox. Okay. And this year, how boring is that? Oh, really? Okay, not boring. That's not a current major league team. We're an Indian. You can be part of the fun. You're a winner at every game. (laughs) So catch Indian fever. Be a believer with the Cleveland Indians. Well, I have a lot of gear if I come out to support you. You know? Boy, you're going to break out Wahoo just for that. Do you go Chief Wahoo? Yeah. I wore my Chief Wahoo hat. Okay. Uh, I don't think the team did, but I don't know what hats we got, but I, I blew the dust off my Chief Wahoo. Okay. Yeah, we're a Cleveland Indian. The Wiley Indians. Uh, yeah. Okay. Albert. How about you? Were you doing any big games this weekend? I was in Houston for Westwood One uh, on radio. Uh, the Houston Cougars and the Texas Longhorns. So you get, uh, you work for Westwood One. So that wasn't an ESPN game. That was not an ESPN game. It was, but you also have an ESPN slate, right? Mm-hmm. I okay. do, and it's primarily with ESPN, especially for college basketball. But this particular weekend, I didn't have a game with ESPN, and I always try to. So how work far in, in Westwood One when I can? And how far in advance out. do you get your ESPN schedule? Oh, and then how do you then do you call Westwood One after that? Yeah, there. When you're freelancing like that, you're in touch with everyone. And Does he have the noisy headset? What? I just know we're going to get a lot of comments. Okay. Well, you can what? change it out if it is. What? Just when, like I when, turn, when I turn my head, is yeah, there Yeah, maybe it's your sound? jacket. Okay. Well, what do you want me to do, Blake? I Listen, I just know people will yell at me. He wants you not to Because of the noisy headset. Just don't or move. do you want to interstitial and change it out? Uh, No, just keep going. Just stay right there. Don't move. I'm not asking for a lot. Okay. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Yeah, I uh, I do games mainly with ESPN. I have a contract with them. That's my first priority. And when it works, I had my schedule, you know, weeks ahead of time. And multi-year West contract, or is it one year at a time? God, you want all the details? Yeah. I don't have an answer for you. Okay. <laughs> why, why do you want to be elusive about that? Jeez. Let's see. I'll tell you what I got. Nothing. But uh, I used to have a... You want to know the rate? You want to know... We used everyone's... to have a multi-year contract when we first started at the ticket. It was a one-year deal in 1999 because they had a guy named Rocco Pendola, mm-hmm. and things blew up horribly, apparently, with him, not meshing with the current lineup of the ticket back then. Yep. Mike Reiner in particular, but I don't think anybody really got along with him. What what time slot was he? Middays, Noon right? to three. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So Bob was working our, there already for about six months or so, and he was doing the night sh- shift yeah. by himself. 
and they hired me to pair up with Bob, and they put us in middays with a one-year contract. And the next time around, we got a two-year contract. I believe the next time around, another two-year contract. And then uh, there could have been one more in there or something, but then at some point we moved to like a four-year deal, and then they would have an option. And they could exercise that, you know, after four years or Team option. three and a half mm. years, they would just say, yes, we want you for that last year, too. Um, and then it got into five-year deal territory, wow. which was pretty cool, um, which is why that's a lot of the, uh, you know, my nervousness now is like, well, we used, I used to feel good about, hey, Okay, I know we're going to have this or this yeah. for Security. the next few years. Of yeah, course. we can, we can uh, yes, we can get our kid a car or whatever. And now it's like, oh, what's going to be next month? Yeah. You know? Um, but you're still not going to answer me, are you? I don't have a five-year deal, Dan. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, he's acting like a, a one-year employee. Uh, producers, no contracts at the ticket, right? Or at least when you signed. They may have changed that up now. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I know there's extra stipulations where I don't know if it's a contract, but there's certainly other factors to keep you there. But no, I did not have any of that. You didn't sign anything? No. You were just like, hey, we'll pay you this, and you're like, eh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which, in the long run, was great. Just because you could leave if you wanted? Yeah, I could leave whenever. <clears throat> However... Being inside the building and not having that when everyone else did, it's not great. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. It, it could just be like I'm naive, but I think you want to lock down your good employees to contracts and you don't want them to leave. And so when I'm seeing everyone else up there get one and I don't, I'm like, oh, okay. I think when some new radio stations burst onto the market, they started, whenever somebody became a producer, they would then give them a contract. Although I'm pretty sure I know a couple guys from some of the other stations under that umbrella too who were signed as a producer, but it was after you. So at some point, I think the company just said, we're now going to give producers contracts. So I don't think it was about you. Well, I'm going to make it about me. Okay. But So actually, you felt bad, even though it was a good deal you had. Oh, I had a sweet deal, yes, but... I don't know. I'm like the ugly girl at the dance. Like, I want to be wanted. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you weren't. <laughs> like I said, ended up being okay. <laughs> um, all right, I have some sports. From the wonderful There's quite a bit of things happened over the weekend. I have uh, some audio. And I'm going to start with All-Star. First of all, did you guys watch any... All-star stuff besides highlights? Not a single second. Like, who can? I turned on... Let me tell you, like, when I was in high school, I was obsessed with the Saturday night all-star game package. It was a three-point shootout, the dunk contest. Like, I I cared so much about that growing up. But then I, t- I tuned in on Saturday, and I see three Indiana Pacers trying to throw basketballs through hoops like the skills challenge and the teams are like the pacers the rookies and the vets 
And then they move on to this shooting competition where there are different points based on where you shoot on the court. And at no point did I ever understand what was going on. And none of it was entertaining. And that's just a huge disappointment, which then led into the game. Like I, I tuned in for a couple minutes on Sunday night, but like they're not they're trying to score, but that's it. And Luca's doing three quarter court shots. Him and Jokic are having a great time, which is fun, I guess. But even Adam Silver was pretty mad after the game of how pitiful it was. Yeah, I don't. I wonder how those ratings do and all that kind of stuff. They can't do well. But as you you started it with, that's the same way I felt. I guess about like a lot of things in sports is, boy, when I was in high school or when I was in junior high, I loved, you know, name whatever it is. And I just don't think it actually sucked as bad as it did back then. But Yeah, I mean, back in my day, Dan, yes. they played defense. I mean, the final score was <laughs> 175 to 169. And now that a team was is going yesterday? over 200. No, no, now it's two. two it was, uh, somebody cracked two. I mean, the, it, it was, was 200? The yeah, they two, cracked 200 for the first time ever. Was it 211, <laughs> 186? 211 to 186. Oh, my God. That's and stupid. apparently Adam Silver and them were, like you said, Blake, were really upset because they thought that, oh, we talked about this, mm-hmm. that players were going to exert themselves more. They were going to try on defense to deliver a show for the fans. And I loved what Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves said. He says, for me, it's an all-star game, so I'll never look at it as being super competitive. It's always fun. I don't know what they can do to make it more competitive. I think everyone looks at it like it's a break. So I don't think everyone wants to come here and compete. I mean, what 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 do you want? What do you expect? Yeah, it's interesting. It just feels like I don't know, like Jordan at the um, you know the Dream Team practices. You know, he's he loves being around all those guys because he's going to go in there and like dominate, like show, right. hey, I'm actually Alpha. the best one here. Yeah, and you, I guess you have a little bit of that with the MLB All Star Game because it seems like the pitchers and hitters are trying a little bit. Yeah, well, because you're. You know, if you're pitching, you don't want to just be lo- lobbing the ball up there. Yeah. So I bet that's neat to get to see, you know, an all-star you know, pitcher and hitter. But why Why can't NBA players treat it like that? Hey, let me see if I can score on whoever. Micah was trying his hardest in Dude. the celebrity game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, re- I'm really close to finding him annoying. Like he was trucking girls and everything. Yeah. He's a tryhard, man. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, whatever. If you're out here, I'm. And he won MVP. Yeah, he had 37 <laughs> points. <laughs> I mean, I even saw some stuff like, hey, uh, if Ruka, if Luca wants to improve his MVP stock, he should try hard. And, okay. But then you would have been the only one out there doing it. And so that's not going to, you know, help you win any friends, all that kind of stuff. I think it was Luca that was a part of the meme because it said – Adam Silver, hey guys, let's try this year. And then the video of Lucas shooting from three quarters court and it hits like the <laughs> shot clock. <laughs> I mean, the, the NFL saw this and what? Do, do we have the Pro Bowl anymore? No, we have flag football and we have exhibition and challenges yeah. and all of that. I and guess I can somewhat understand injury. Of course there, but I think the players view it the same way in the NBA, just that possibility of injury. Did you like the court? Um, idiocracy. It's it's a little extra. It's all lit up. It's a little extra, but that's 
that's where we're moving. I guess you're right. To go back to your original point, maybe we just need to ask some high schoolers, what did you think of it? Because if they think it's awesome, then then huh. it's a generational problem. I don't think your daughter's watched. That's a good point. I'm going to go hang out at the local high school okay. after uh, the show here. <laughs> um, so LeBron spoke okay. before the game, and I thought you'd like to hear a little LeBron audio because it's uh, amusing in, in certain ways. I think you can lean back if you want to, but you were rocking. I think that's okay. – you, you haven't moved. You've done great. Thank you. But I we're going to change be, that out during the break. I want you to be you're, somewhat comfortable. You're really producing me okay. here. Um, it's been an absolute honor to be able to, to grace the floor, you know, um, throughout my career um, and be out there with the greatest players in the world, you know. So a year in, a year out. So this is very humbling, very, very blessed. And it's um, something I, obviously I would never forget, obviously, part of my journey. The humble, humble all-star LeBron James. That's where we start. As he is just a humble guy, um, they were asking him who, you know, as you kind of took the torch from Jordan as the face of the NBA, they were talking to him about who he sees as the next face of the NBA. I don't know, um, because when I came into the league, I didn't didn't look at myself as the face of anything. Um, You know, I didn't look at myself as the next Michael or the successor to Michael. you know, I looked when I came into the league, the first thing I thought about was that I have to start over now. You know, I have built my rep in high school from my freshman year to my senior year. Um, from being a 14 year old freshman, that was 6'2", 180 pounds. And, you know, I was like, OK, well, how can I make a name for myself at St. Vincent St. Mary all the way to my senior year where I was uh, the number one player in the country? And that's the same thing I did when I got drafted. I did not come in with the mindset that I was the number one player in the country still. I came in with the mindset that I got to start over, and I'm just one of 450 guys. Um, I think that's what allowed me to kind of just build and build and build. Um, I didn't think about being the face of the league. I knew I was being put in a position that was, um, you know, being the face of a franchise, the NBA franchise at 18 years old was very stressful, and, you know, I knew the – the odds were stacked up against me, and a lot of people wanted to see me fail, and I just kind of used that as, like, motivation. And um, No one believed in LeBron. Wait. At the very beginning, he said, I never felt like the face of anything, and then he admits at the end, as an 18-year-old kid, as the face of the franchise. Right. So I was the face of one of 30 NBA teams. Jeez. His face was on Sports Illustrated at 17, whatever but, it was. Yeah, but when I was... You know, the number one ranked player in the country, a, a number, the one-one draft pick as a high school kid. I didn't consider myself as anything, but just one of the guys, just one of the guys, one of the guys who I believe has the chosen one tattooed on his somewhere yeah. on his body, doesn't he? Yes, the guy who puts the invisible crown on his head in celebration. As At the, times, uh, and, yeah, the and and that's he's earned that, right? Fine, but you know this, Dan. When you guys were talking about Micah Parsons on his podcast at the end of the season, uh, players try to dream up this adversity, even if there's none that's facing them. Nobody believes in us. Everybody doubts us. They're trying to create their own fuel. We are the ones who 
people don't believe in. <laughs> right here. Yeah. This, this little old podcast. So this is reporter Jeff Zilgit. And somehow, Jeff Zilgit inspires profanity from LeBron. Jeff, last question, back left. Jeff Zilgit, USA Today. LeBron, when you, you sometimes react uh, when a, on social media when a guy scores 70 points, and it's happened a few times. Let me just fast forward. It's a pretty long question, but he asked him about oh, LeBron. You know, somebody scoring lots of points. And what do you think about that? No. The way the game is played today, and what circumstances go, that going to happen? Um, first of all, it's fucking great to see you. What? It's so great to see you. Yeah, you know the story here, right? Love this. And the fact that you got the last question is even greater. You tried to hide in the back. I I love that as well. Love you, man. Um, Wow, it's great to see you. Um, To your question, the league is is so much scoring in this league. Um, Yeah, so Jeff Silgett, a longtime NBA reporter, like you said, with USA Today, uh, he's battled cancer and had surgery, I believe, recently. And so, as a result, I, yeah, I know LeBron's dropping an F-bomb on you, but um, it's been praised as a heartwarming moment that LeBron would recognize that. I mean, obviously, this is a guy who's covered LeBron, again, as a national reporter, NBA reporter. Yeah, so for years he's seen the guy, yeah, knew he got cancer, yeah. reached out on social media yeah. to, um, some might say... To bring a little more attention to LeBron. I would not say that. Of course he wouldn't. But, you know, people are talking. And speaking, <laughs> okay, and then this is the, if anything went viral from this press conference, I would say it's something in this last cut. So, same guy, you already heard that he got the last question, but he's going to tack on a little more. LeBron, I'll use the opportunity for a bonus question. Um, assuming you're... Of course close- you get a bonus question. You just don't have to ask that, of course. Uh, assuming... See, I guess the pos- the silver lining of getting cancer. Better access. <laughs> you get to ask a you, bonus question you, to LeBron. You get to meet Kevin James. That's- <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, assuming that you're closer to the end of your career than the beginning of your career. Oh, for- I am. I promise you. Have you mapped out what that looks like to you in terms of... How many more seasons? And then, you know, does it end with the team you're playing for right now? Um, I have not mapped out how many seasons I have left. Um, I know it's not that many. Um, I also don't know if I will. I was asked this question a couple of days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? Okay, this is interesting. I'll back it up. But he did the. I listened to the whole thing. It's LeBron. I'm going to listen yeah, to the whole of press course. conference. He, uh, he does this, though, throughout. He has things he wants to say. And he will say, like, he'll just start answering a question that nobody asked him. But he'll say, you know, I've been asked, and I think even in the 70-point uh, the thing, you know, I've been asked, could somebody score 100? You know, and, like, he'll, he'll just, hey, you didn't ask for this opinion. But I have this opinion, and I want to put this out there. And he ended a press conference a couple years ago with, you're not going to ask me about the Jerry thing? Right. Like he was just waiting on someone to ask him about it. Yeah, the so, picture yeah. that surfaced. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was asked this question a couple <laughs> days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour, or will you kind of just 
Tim Duncan it. And he, you know what? He probably was like, wait, this is the last question. Just like you're saying, it was the last of a press conference. So it's the last question of a press conference. So, yeah, sorry. I was asked this question a couple of days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to him. Now, he also there, if you noticed, kind of paused for laughter. He's trying to hit the beat. <laughs> he he thought that Tim Duncan line was really good. Farewell tour, or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? Looks around. <laughs> I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus to be able to give them that moment, you know, where it's every city and whatever the case may be, and, you know, they give you your flowers or whatever the case may be, you know, and, and that seems cool. Um, but the other side of I've never been that great with um, accepting, like, praise. <laughs> Uh, it's, a, it's a weird feeling for me. <laughs> wow. Um, I owe it to the... You know what? I don't know if I'll do it. But I want the fans to have something. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not for the gift you'll give me. No. I want but... the fans to be able to give me that <laughs> gift. <laughs> The um, yes, when uh, when when uh, honey, when you perform that act on me, it's not for me. I'm it's giving you. you the opportunity. You are able to make me feel good, <laughs> so that you <laughs> can enjoy this journey. That is a gift for you. A salty little okay. All right, we uh, knew where you were going. It's difficult with that. for you to enjoy. Shot glass full of a gift. Yeah, <laughs> unnecessary. I think we need to paint the picture correctly. It um, is an audio medium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I love that, man. <laughs> I've never been able to take praise. Uh, just, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, this makes me uncomfortable. But you know what? I'll accept it for you. You know, when I go to Portland, I think the fans in Portland need to be able to shower me with gifts. Don't they deserve that? It'll be the last time I play there. So I, I think we need to put a special night on for them where I go out before the game and they give me things. And uh, then he clap said, when I come into the game. I don't know if he said it there or if I cut it out, but he said, like, I saw the Kobe one. I saw the uh, the Jordan one. Did Jordan do a farewell tour? Mm. I remember long, long ago that... With the Wizards, are we I talking? I remember Kareem did it. And yes, you would go to each city and get, you know, I actually had to mobilize as a as a kid and get to the Cavs game for Kareem's <laughs> last game there. I, that was, I was all into that bit. So oh, okay. I, I was right there. LeBron's right. I wanted that chance to go see so-and-so for the last time. Especially, you know, a Western Conference player being in an Eastern Conference city. That was yeah. the only time. But I don't know. That's fun. Fun with the LeBron. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> Do you believe him when he said that 
he was made aware of the Warriors-Lakers trade talks when everyone else found out. You want to hear that? Okay, sure. story that got everybody's attention last week between the uh, Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Golden State trying to acquire LeBron James. And how far did this go, and how and how much did you entertain that thought? Um, it didn't go far at all. You know, I, I actually heard about it when everybody else heard about it. You know, obviously, you know, Charles been in the league, Kenny been in the league, Shaq been in the league, and there's, sometimes there's conversations happen behind closed doors that you don't even know about. And until I guess if it's real or not, then they'll bring it to you. But it, it never even got to me. So, hmm. I absolutely don't believe that. No, I there's think no they, way. There's no I way. I think you don't even start having those conversations, whether it gets to a real point or not, so, unless he's on board with it. I must have missed this. What is he? Yeah, was he being shopped or Be- trade before rumors? the deadline? Apparently, and ESPN reported it, it was out elsewhere. Uh, the Lakers and Warriors talked about a potential package and, you know, it didn't go very far. Apparently, Draymond Green said over the weekend, no, we were not going to include Jonathan Kaminga. Like, that would have been part of oh, the so package. Oh, so Draymond is in the room. Draymond's <laughs> apparently a part of this, too, okay. of course. Uh, it didn't get far, but no, there's no way. LeBron, of course, would have signed off on that for it to even proceed. Draymond was in the room I don't know. I don't know about that, but no. Draymond was saying again. We saw his appearance. What was it on? I saw the clip on social media today. He was on the alternate broadcast, right on yeah. True TV with Taylor Rooks and I forgot who else. I with Barkley as well. I don't know if he said it there or you know in just some media session, but his point was, oh, we weren't giving up Kaminga. I think you Draymond's know. good. I love him on the broad. Like he's obviously yes, going to I be too. around for twenty years, right? Yeah. Like it feels like he's yes. going to fit right in. Yeah, he'll slide yes. right in. Like he's a Barkley Shack. Yeah, I just entertaining. Um, I, I'm not sure how much he was a part of the presentation this year, but last year he was he was at the desk, and he I thought he filled in really yeah. nice. He's a personality, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let me slide into a uh, different sports topic. But similar, uh, which is more audio. And now we switch to Micah Parsons. Because Micah Parsons was on Screaming A. Smith's podcast this weekend. I guess he had Stephen A. on last week. Then, of course, the All-Star celebrity game where he crossed him over or something. Stephen A. Apparently that was real. I had, I had someone tell me Friday, hey, did you see Micah Parsons sent Stephen A to the hospital? Did they actually go to the hospital? Well, that's what I was told. And then, of course, you know, I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> and it just felt very elementary school playground. He shook him so bad he broke his ankles. <laughs> and I said, no way. But apparently, <laughs> they I, talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. I thought I saw a clip where he fell down. <laughs> so I guess that, that, that was it. Anyway. Uh, Stephen A can shoot a basketball pretty well. Really? They showed him shooting around, and it was very shocking. Yeah. for what that, It's useless information, but I'm just saying. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it. Um, so he did a lot of cowboy talk, though, as he will. And, uh, you know, all of this stuff is very interesting. We heard him talking with Jordan Love. We heard Demarcus Lawrence talking about the cowboy loss. Uh, we'll give get to that in a second, but here's 
just a uh, quick, he starts with talking about why did they lose to Green Bay. I think uh, Green Bay just had a really good start. And all year we've been a front-leading team. We get to establish some things. We mix in the run, play action. Dak really gets going. But when you get down 21 so early, it, it's hard, bro. Because like, you know you got to – it's almost pass every time. So they got to get into their blitzes, get into their scheme. Uh, schematically, they just got every. They were just clicking on all cylinders, and when you're clicking on all cylinders, it's hard to win. That's not good because it just kind of went with what a lot of people were saying heading into the playoffs. You know, geez, any. First of all, they don't seem to play well against good teams, and then yeah, that was a criticism. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of offense, or you lead the league in offense, or yards, or this or that. But it's because if if you get into one of these games, you're you know you're putting up garbage time yards and stats and points, you know, in the fourth quarter because you have been dominating the whole game. But when you see, you know, the first sign of adversity. You kind of fold up. That, oh, man, yeah, but we found ourselves down. Other teams are down at halftime. Other teams have tough, you know, you're going to have tough games. You're in the playoffs. It's They're all going to be good teams. There's no under 500 teams in the playoffs. And you're at home. I mean, you had a lot going for you. But it's the, hey, I don't know. It didn't seem like the accountability we're, we're wanting to see one Dallas Cowboy to take. Yeah, Demarcus Lawrence said they were tired. I mean, everybody had to play every game this year. And then Micah's just saying, well, we're <clears throat> we kind of like teams to be in third and long. You know, when they get in second and short, it's not that much fun. And then when they triple team me, that's not fun either. Yeah, well, let's go back to that Demarcus Lawrence thing. So, yeah, we played that audio the, last week, the right? The look on Blake's face, man. Anytime you guys talk about Micah, now I can picture it as a listener, as a subby myself. It just the, the lifeblood has left your body. Like, like I said. Anytime you hear Parsons he's, now. He's almost there. He's yeah. I, I don't know. It's He's just handled this offseason so poorly. And we've had such great interactions with him to where we all love him. But then now it's just the fact that he has a podcast and he's blaming his teammates and it's just not a good look. I don't know how well this is all going to go in the locker room because you mentioned Demarcus Lawrence said, you know, we were just tired. We have a target on our back because we're the Cowboys. Ah, Everybody wants to beat us. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you said it to someone else, you know what I'm saying, one-on-one, you know what I'm saying, cameras off, sure, be my guest. But what I feel like, once that regular season ends and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it 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 should never you should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready, like I'm ready to go home because that's what's exactly going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week, like man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left. Like, that's part of the culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like, 
that I would like that's just something like I don't agree with at all. So there's a lot there. So number one, if Micah is telling someone don't say something publicly, because there's a guy that'll just say whatever he wants at any time, where in whatever form, it seems. Now he's publicly saying, yeah, I don't think Demarcus Lawrence should say that. And in fact, not only that, but I also think that's the problem with the culture around here and that we need different people. So is he referencing Demarcus Lawrence as being part of the problem here? He's throwing Demarcus Lawrence under the bus. Yeah, he's talking about a culture shift. I I don't know, but he, I thought he's been the type to also say that, yeah, everyone... No, yeah, we've played the audio. People they, play them differently. Right, he's complained about that yeah. publicly. So what is this? In fact, he was the one doing that on his podcast with... Uh, who was the Eagles player? I can't remember who it was. Uh, oh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Because DeAndre Swift was one saying, no, we have to look in the mirror. And he was saying, yeah, but people are always getting up for us. And that kind of sucks. That wears on you. <laughs> so he almost kicked this off. Demarcus Lawrence jumped on it and said, yeah. And then he jumped on that and said, oh, no, maybe because he is so online, maybe he saw all the the uh, negative sentiment towards those thoughts and thought, okay, now I'm going to change things and say, and I, I, I don't think you should be telling people that behind closed doors either. I, I don't know that you should say, well, let's not say this publicly, but you know what? I mean, let's give, let me give my litany of excuses behind closed doors then as to why we didn't produce. Cause we're tired. Cause this, cause of that, cause, uh, you know, is it because you were at home? Is it because you had everything fall in line for you to uh, to kind of sail through the playoffs? Like, who was the who was the big who? You know, the quarterbacks that were left that they would have had to get through. Had they gotten to the Super Bowl, you would have said, "Oh yeah, okay." But yeah, it's Mahomes. Look at what a uh, what an easy path they had to get to the Super Bowl. They would have to, had to have gone through Jordan Love, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy. Yeah. So I haven't previewed this. This is what we called Micah. Teams try too hard against us. <sighs> Goodness. Here we go. Seattle was good. Seattle played as good. I feel like everybody played it. Like, we got everybody's best. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Eagles, Cowboys is in that round where everybody want to beat us. Like, yeah. Everybody, every week, you everybody getting you getting their best shot. Every you get their best shot. Like it's the Super Bowl for 100%, sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And he's saying that with a negative connotation. Like, man, we just don't have an easy week. So yeah, he he's just shifting. I I don't know. And I don't want to go out of order here, but you were saying that he's like ripping Demarcus Lawrence, and uh, maybe this next clip tells us that he just doesn't have good self awareness, because I feel like he's ripping this type of person but that he is this type of person you know that's it's all about this and that's why i say it is more culture and cultural than it is uh players you know you i, I just think nowadays you got guys trying to get paid guys trying to you know they want to live they want to live like rock stars you know they want to 
you know, you got guys that live above the star. They want to live up to the star. You know, guys like me, I try to hide from the star, you know, on a playing field, I own it. I'm like, yeah, like this is me. Like I love it. Like but off the field, you ain't got time for all that. Yeah, I want to be left alone. I want to be quiet. Like I like to just be to myself. <laughs> so that's okay. from screaming, hey, okay. Yeah. Today or this weekend? This is the same thing. Okay. He, uh, <clears throat> some people just cared too much about getting paid. That's not me. No. Uh, some people out in the limelight, you know, they like the. They like to be out and talk to people. That's not me. He's got a weekly podcast. He was on the uh, NBA All Star Celebrity Game. He was yep. on S- Stephen A's uh, podcast. Yep. He He's agreed on... to do Undisputed, right? Uh, his second year, uh, but and then he likes to keep to himself. Yes, the reclusive on... Michael uh, <laughs> Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. Speaking of Michael Parsons, that's what Jerry has called him, uh-huh. and uh, he's just talking about. Interacting with Jerry after the season. Yeah, so that's what I like about Jay. Um, and which I was dope. I think Jay's one of the best Jay? Uh, GM yes. like owners We're going that Jay. I've been around. And not even just I've been around because I've only been on one team, but from what I've heard from other uh NBA and NFL players. And and, and it's just like this the Super Bowl, Jerry sees me walking out the win. Jerry was at the win. He says, Hey, you going to the Super Bowl? I said, Yeah, um, I'm going. He said Come, come see us. And I was like, hey, you got any extra tickets? You know, I got some homeboys that want to come. Jerry sends me four extra tickets to the Super Bowl suite. Um, and we just sit and talk from before the game until the whole half about players I want to bring in, players I want to be around, who do I need, who do I want to be with, future of our team. Um, and that's just dope to have that type of feedback with an owner that, you know, loves to hear your ideas and what you think and where the team can be. And, you know, Jerry's been, you know, pretty amazing about that with my family and stuff like that. So I've had had them conversations with him. And we spoke for two, three hours just since we go alone. Jerry, I'd love Miles Garrett uh, next to me. If you could get Chris Jones, too, I think he'd be good. Uh, Patrick Queen's a really good linebacker for the Ravens. Can you get him in here? Roquan Smith. <laughs> players I want to bring in. Players <laughs> I want to bring a, be around. Like Micah Parsons now – Assistant GM. Um, all right, he goes on to talk about players. So I told Jerry, I said, look at every team that kind of um, was in that Final Four. Who did they have? Who did Baltimore have? A great linebacker core, right? Uh, who did San Fran have? Great linebacker core. KC, Bolton, and uh, uh, they came along. I said we need to get us another. We need to get another bigger linebacker who's going to come down in. And I said we need to get a, a super three thirty nasty interior. Look what how Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Kozrak, Havoc, and you know um, the last two games. Uh, look at you know how um, Ali McNeil, Detroit, and they front with Hutchinson and all them. Um, you know it's just certain things where I was like I was pinpointing we can build in this because we're slim. Like, we have guys, and I think Osa's been great for us, and, uh, you know, but we just need a big old 330, can't move. Because I saw the way Chris Jones affected that Super Bowl, and I was like, my God. like, And and not even just Chris Jones, Mike Pennell. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I think we got a lot of rushers. I think Osa, he could play inside, outside, one of the most versatile uh, DTs. And, um, you know, when we lost Hank, he was a, he's a big dude. Um, but we need to get one of them big old nasty 
pass rushing. I left that in at the end. Pass, said pass rush. rush. Excellent. Yeah, Osa, you're great. Hankins, you're great. But, you know, we need a good guy in here. Like someone who's good. That's what Mozzie is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah maybe, if we, plus. maybe if we took a defensive tackle in the first, in the round, first round, maybe that would fix some things. <laughs> well, what's interesting is like, so if Mike Zimmer says, here's what I think I need for this defense, and Micah Parsons says, here's what I think I need, <laughs> where does Jerry lean at the end? Um, it's hard to know. Yeah. Because he definitely doesn't want to lose Micah. Just yeah. kind of like, I think, you know, um, Dak went to bat for Dalton Schultz and got that contract done, at least the, you know, the last year. Time, yeah. The uh, franchise, they threw the franchise tag on him. And you'd have to wonder if Dalton Schultz is worthy of a franchise tag. You know, good. Yeah. Uh, but then come to find out he wasn't the best tight end on your roster at the time. Right. So, yeah, maybe players are not the best at evaluating talent. Maybe you shouldn't listen to them. I mean, Micah is asking, he wants to bring in things that will help Micah. Yeah. You know, wouldn't that help if they had a big, nasty defensive tackle? I think it would help the defense overall, too. But they're awfully small up the middle, as you guys have talked about. Yeah. Didn't they have an opportunity to sign some linebacker that was on the market? Released last year, Philly signed him instead. Uh, Shaq Leonard. Yeah. But that didn't really do much for Philly either. Uh, he didn't right. play. He didn't yeah. all that much. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would just say like the nasty three thirty he's talking about is probably a handful of guys in the league. It's not exactly easy to get one of them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that the weird part of that is like Hankins is probably three thirty. Osa's they those two guys played the same position, but he's just saying yeah we kind of need someone better. Yeah. Um. Okay, I see a couple cuts you put in that I haven't listened to. I I heard them arguing about Dak. If this is them just arguing back and forth, I actually don't want to hear it. No, I no, but I I did think <laughs> I did enjoy listening to that more than I probably should have, just because on Micah's podcast and when Micah's talking to players around the league, nobody nobody checks him. It's always just Micah's spouting off. But I did enjoy the fact that Stephen A. would be like. You really think Dak should have won MVP, and would at least you have some sort of no, no? I don't. Oh, it's, okay. it's it's annoying, but um, at least it just wasn't Micah just going off for a minute. And yeah, yeah, Micah, it, you know, all you say is right. I did enjoy that someone was actually be able to just check him a little bit. I will play the last cut for you because uh, Micah says he doesn't care about getting paid, but we've we have proof that he does care a lot. That's the first thing he notices about other guys. Oh, they're, they're contract year. They're about to get paid. He's always mentioning that. And so to end the episode, Stephen A. says, hey, your extension's coming up, and I thought his answer was pretty interesting. Dallas got to pay Micah Parsons in a lot of people's eyes. I brought this up early, but I'm going to end by asking this. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation is, you are absolutely positively sure under no circumstances do you want to play in your career for another NFL team. Yeah, I retire before I mean, go somewhere else. You retire before you go to win. Even if Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones try to get you at a discount. I mean, I know there's no state income tax in the state of Texas. But damn it, money matters. You good with that? I mean, 
I don't think like <laughs> like I don't really look at it like as a discount. You earn what you get as a league. Like it's up to me to maximize how much I get. You know what I don't. I set the bar. That's the difference between a lot of cats. A lot of cats put in B work but want A results. A lot of cats put in C work but want and that's why I say there's tears in this league. You got guys who consistently do it and say, I'm this because I deserve this. Then you got guys who get this and then they go back to their original results because they're satisfied. I'll never be satisfied. All right. I'm not sure what to make of all of that. I, I feel like he's trying to say the right thing. And then once he thinks about it, he's like, oh. Wait, I'll re- discount. I'll, I'll retire. Well, what if they offer you significantly less? Uh, well, let me put it like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did walk it back a little bit. But I, yeah, he's saying the right things. But I don't know. If, I don't think he means it. I mean, he wants that to be the headline. Michael Parsons says he will retire before putting on another uniform. Okay, and I'm sure at one point Emmett Smith said that, and uh, Demarcus Ware said that, and. Whatever, countless others who wanted the storybook of only being a Dallas Cowboy. But yeah, once business starts getting to be business, I thought we would never speak into a different microphone than one owned by the ticket in Dallas. (laughs) You know, I would have absolutely guaranteed that. But uh, two sides have to be able to, uh, to say that. And now the Cowboys also have to, well, yeah, but I've played well enough to be the highest paid defensive end in the league. Yeah, but, you know, you're a Cowboy, and you know how the Cowboys always do these negotiations. They did it with Dak. They, You know, they often lose in the end, but they do the, you're a Cowboy, so you can make up the money. You know, if you were a great edge rusher who played for Jacksonville, you would not get nearly the endorsements you're going to get as being a great edge rusher playing for the Cowboys. So we can only split up this pie so many ways. So we got it, you know, do you want good players around you? I thought you wanted us to get a big linebacker and a big defensive tackle. Well, we we can't do that if, if you want all the money also. They can. But they're going to, I mean, you know how they play it. And then you said you'd retire. So this is our deal. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you started negotiations in public. Yeah. So, uh yeah. It's silly. He, but I suppose that's what the NFL offseason is. He needs to take a break. We need to not hear from him for a good couple months. We've gotten a lot of Micah. Like, there was, what, the two-week break after the game where we didn't hear from him. And then I, I feel like we hear from him every third or fourth day. So why don't you just sit out the next couple plays, and then we'll just hear from you Whenever the Cowboys draft whoever, and you can give your opinion then, you'll probably host the Bleacher Report draft show just like you did last year for some reason. But just chill out. Please. Micah needs a break. And so do we. How do you like that? So you got to go deep here. Uh, not much else that you can do. Here's the snap. Point stays in on coverage. Watson hit from behind. The ball is loose. That's going to end the game. Zeros across across the clock. Argyle wins twenty six to twenty two. Not deserved. Sorry. Mm. Not deserved. You didn't you didn't deserve that one. 
Oh, boy. You know, when the officials give you that one at the end there, that's tough. That's really, really tough. That's a heartbreaking loss right there, Roy. When you play the number one team in the state and you have them down 22 to 19 with 25 seconds to go in the game and they get a touchdown when they push off at the three-yard line and go into the end zone. Uh, Salina played their guts out, Roy. They did. You know what? They did. They did. They have a lot to be proud of. This team, uh, you know, no one, uh, no one gave them any chance, even in the first week, uh, and they didn't. They, they weren't given a chance, and so they have a lot to be proud of um, for for responding the way they did. And uh, you know what? Uh, if Argyle goes on and becomes the state champion. Uh, one bad call, and and uh, you can say, well, we, you know, we should have beat the beat the state champion. So, and they and they have a chance to do that. Yeah, they do. Roy, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, also, let you know, President Bush passed away. Oh darn it! Uh, President Bush forty one passes away. Um, so, just want to let you know that as well. Uh, prayers to his family and to the country for a great man who served his country well. You're listening to The Dumb Zone. Well, if you're a Mean Green fan, you're probably like, it's good to see UNT finally play some defense. This has been uncharacteristic here in the second half. Well, Texas Tech has its largest lead up by 16, and Warren Washington is becoming more and more of a factor (laughs) in Texas Tech's world. Ted just, that one literally hit me. No puppet. Thank you. Didn't want to step on that. By the way, that's my new uh, uh, way to test a mic before a game. I just go, no puppet, 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 and people think I'm people think I'm insane. But I do it in honor of you guys. I mean, I I just love being on with my favorite recreation podcast. You know, right behind Joe Lenardi's racquetball bracketology. You know, you know, I got mocked a lot for that. Oh, you did. However, one of our good subscribers sent me Friday's the Dallas Morning News newspaper. This is what a newspaper used to look like. Uh-huh. It's got paper with words on it and stuff. Sure. Uh, this article was talking about inflation levels. <laughs> Crazy, right? Oh, my gosh. That's business. Yeah. It's happening. They were talking about recreation uh, inflation says, recreation includes many things that aren't related to each other, like cable TV. I love cable TV. Mm-hmm. Pet products. <laughs> I mean, you got a couple dogs. Jake's got a cat. Uh, sporting goods, love them. Toys, movie admissions, and books. I think we're a recreation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the letter of the law. From Blake Jones. Hey everybody, it's time to answer some of today's viewer mail. I guess we're not. So Rick (laughs) says, quote, apes giving each other C-sections and Dan naked fighting a coyote while the coyote laughs at his genitals are exhibits A and B why this is a comedy podcast. Uh. We're no laughing. puppet from Rick, day two, number 923. 
That's the number of subby he is. Hmm. I put my email uh, into that deal. I, I Turns out I'm a day three mm. subby. Sorry to disappoint you in that way, but I, I had to see if it was for real. I had to see if you could get it off the ground. Um, speaking of uh, just the podcast in general, John Anthony Harworth, day three, number 1730, said, Stop the count. The Dumb Zone has a 5.0 rating on Apple Podcasts from exactly 420 reviews. Whoa. Wow. Business people wouldn't like me saying this. Your business people, but it's the perfect amount of reviews and the show doesn't need a single one more. Uh, I updated number as we sit here at uh, 155 on uh, this President's Day. Happy President's Day. Happy Sometimes. Happy President's Day to you, Dan and, and Blake. Central time. 421 mm. ratings and reviews. So somewhere between this morning and now. One guy put it. Mm-hmm. Or girl. Yeah. Or whatever they want to identify as. We take them all. Uh, got something from Carlos who said he's from something called podstatus.com. Sounds He says important. your podcast, The Dumb Zone, has a good performance on Apple Podcast rankings the last 30 days. And they say particularly Slovenia. We are number eight in the sports category in Slovenia. Whoa! In the last month, because we had Is Talk on. Got to be the Is Talk factor. Number thirteen in the sports category in the U.S. Number one sixteen in the sports category in Norway. <laughs> in the all podcast category, number one thirty five in Slovenia and one ninety eight in the U.S. For whatever all that means. You've got the green arrow pointing up next to your name. That's what all of that means. Was he trying to sell us something or just wanted uh, to let us know how we're doing? Um, probably the whole podcast. Um, it's the same email that you have all the analytics stuff in. So it's like they must know oh, okay. they sell their email list, right? Like we've... Whatever the site is that you use to push it out to all the different podcasts, it's yeah, the yeah, same yeah. email address okay. as that. I don't think, yeah. He, uh, oh, I got this email regarding Friday's show. It says, Dan, you started on two different stories about Bassic that sounded interesting, but then you got sidetracked on both. <laughs> You're about to tell the story of how you met when he was a New York Met in the Rangers clubhouse, and then about how obsessed with the Mavericks he was. Uh, from Dan, who is hour one, number 41. Wow. Subby. Dirk. He's the Dirk Subby. Um, I do kind of remember that, and I don't remember what we were getting off on, though, or what got us off track. <clears throat> well, let's start with the first one. Uh, you met Basic as a Met, right? And you were telling Jared that you and Bob used to go into other teams' locker rooms just to mess around. And that people don't really do that anymore. That's right. So we would have like a, a quiz, whatever, just as the basis for how can we get to talking to you for a few minutes. And then if that quiz veered us off into other directions, that's what we would hope would happen. 
And the one with Bassick certainly did because he was the first guy in my life of being in a major league clubhouse where the person I was approaching was very excited to meet me because he's from DFW, of course. Okay. And yep. was a big ticket listener. And yes, he. so he's on the New York Mets. I don't remember if he was in their starting rotation. This is pretty early in his career. But he was so fired up, and he's like, oh, I'm just a huge Mavs fan, and blah, 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 and I love you guys, and this and that, and we did the, the quiz with him, you know? And so that's really it from there. I became friends with him or maybe exchanged phone numbers. It's always weird to try to exchange phone numbers with somebody, and they won't. I don't know if I ever told you, I once met Odeby McDowell, <laughs> and he also was like a guy who knew me from the ticket and I'm like yeah I knew you from when I was a little kid you know you got traded to the Indians he's former uh, Olympic center fielder he was uh, the Rangers first round draft pick in some year in the 80s drafted by the Rangers was their center fielder traded to the Indians I think in the Julio Franco trade Pete O'Brien and Odeby McDowell and some other stuff uh, Jerry Brown <laughs> the second baseman was sent to Cleveland Julio Franco was sent to Texas as Julio Franco, there was concern about Julio Franco uh, being on roids and uh, the crowd he was hanging out with, as I recall, as an Indians fan. Um, and I thought, yeah, his career will probably be over pretty soon after this trade, <laughs> and I think he went another 20 years. Right, yeah. Like he played forever. So Odeby McDowell said, no, I'm he, not giving you my phone number. Yeah, I was just uh, – we had a great conversation for like five or ten minutes, and then it's like, hey, uh, can we uh, – can I get your phone number? And he's like, oh, you can ask John Blake for it, or he'll, he'll hook me up. Ooh. Like, because I thought, oh, we'd get you on. Nope. Have you on the show sometime. <clears throat> and um, on the flip side of the coin, you couldn't get Mel Hall to stop talking to you. That's right. Well, until <laughs> – the government took Until his phone. Until he got his phone. Yeah, phone taken away from him. Yeah, he's got a burner now. You know who Mel Hall is? No. He's a former Indians outfielder as well. Uh, famously acquired in the Rick Sutcliffe trade of 1984. Rick Sutcliffe was traded just before the trade deadline, so it's nearly midseason. And, uh, well, maybe it was well before the trade deadline. But he would go on to win the Cy Young in the National League going 16-1 and one for the Cubs that year. Uh, so that's a little fun fact you can use to impress you, uh, the ladies. Yeah, man, I'm going to drop that in. But he was one of the uh, – they traded – Joe Carter was the gem in the deal. Joe Carter traded to the Indians. Uh, Mel Hall was one of the other guys. So he was an outfielder, a major league outfielder. He ended up moving to DFW after his playing days were over. He was a pretty colorful character. Um his bit was he would have three batting gloves that were layered over each other. So one batting glove, but then another one about a half inch, and then another one another half inch. And he would have them hanging out of each one of his back pockets. So he had six batting gloves total, and he said it was so I could wave to people as I jogged around the bases after hitting a home run. Wow. So somehow... I got word that he lived in DFW when I first started working here in the very early 2000s. And um, we ended up getting him on the show, discovering that he was a fellow 
adult male uh, men's league baseball player. And he wasn't in the same league I was in. Uh, but the league he was in, he was great. He was just bombing home runs left and right because he's a former major league player. He was the Blake of that league. So we had a, we called it the Mel Hall Home Run Challenge where we had some listeners come out. Uh, me, Bob, Mel Hall took some swings over at Rivershawn Park across the street from the old ticket studios. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Mel Hall wowed the crowd by uh, hitting, you know, some into the trees and it was it was a good time, was had by all. And we ended up having him in studio again at some point. And yeah, one of the big memories I have was being in the parking lot and him talking to me <laughs> and me thinking, I wonder if like 12-year-old me would be very disappointed to know that I would just want Mel Hall to leave. Like, <laughs> And then he would call uh, Rick Arnett back then was our producer. He would call him um, asking him for free tickets for this or that. He would use memorabilia as trade, like, oh, I can give you a bat. If you can get me cowboy tickets for this weekend, I'll give you a, uh, a used bat, a game-used bat. Fair trade. I might even have a Mill Hall bat somewhere <laughs> around here. Well, why did our relationship end with Mel Hall as he was arrested for, I believe, oh no, some kind of an underage uh, relationship mm. situation, uh, like with his girlfriend's daughter, like he uh. lived at. Anyway, if you search Mel Hall, yes, okay. he is in in prison. And has been for... Uh, June 17th, 2009, Mel Hall was sentenced to 45 years in prison after being found guilty of two counts of sexual assault against minors. Yeah. Wow. So, silver lining, I d he's not really taking a lot of my time up anymore, so it worked out better for me. Probably uh, still get him on the show. Yeah, but when he gets out... And as far as my, if we are to refer to, uh, you know, going back, ooh, what am I doing here? Bassick being obsessed with the Mavs, he certainly did tell me that, like, the first day I met him, that he was really into the Mavs, and that's why he knows us. Well, the story was that when he was a relief pitcher with the Washington Nationals, where he would eventually give up the home run that allowed Barry Bonds to pass Babe Ruth on the all-time. Or was it Hank Aaron's? It was the Hank Aaron home run, right? Yeah. 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 Who would care? It would right. be a huge story. I actually talked to him like the day before and told him, you got to just serve one up, man. You got to do it. And he's like, no, nah, I can't do that. And then uh, Bassick at that point was, and Barry Bonds was hitting home runs off everybody. everybody. Yeah. But I hope he did kind of serve it up. Looks like he did. Just because it was like right down the middle. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to yeah. be a part of history? Yeah. It was 756. Yeah. It was breaking Hank Aaron's record. But the story was that his manager knew how Mavs obsessed he was. Now, I don't remember which year it was, but the Mavs were in the playoffs making a nice run. And they would not call on him to go into a game if while the Mavs were playing a playoff game. Like they knew our bullpen is down to whatever got, you know. We're down to 10 tonight. We can't go to Bassick. 
Yeah, because he's in tune <laughs> with Mavs Kings Game Five. Right. Like he was so into it. Right. He couldn't. Like he was. That's really weird to be that much of a fan, like to where you're a major league athlete, but everybody around you knows how into this you are. So there's God I damn finished. it, Nick Van Exel. <laughs> there's me Yell, finishing that story. Yelling at the TV in the clubhouse. And uh, finally, I just want to hit this. was a birthday we missed on Friday. Fantasy Dan. Oh, but it was uh, yesterday birthday, so it's okay. Sunday, the 30th birthday of my fiance, Asta. Pasta without the P. Okay, that's a new one. I may wake her up with a Van Taylor Sunrise Special. All right. If she tests negative tomorrow. She has a whole bunch of COVID all up in her. I don't think you want a piece of those tonsils then. Do you remember Van Taylor? No. Yes, you do. Go ahead. See, this is Isis, why we, Isis Bride. Yeah, this is why we need Jake. Was tonsil, he a con- congressman? Tonsil play. Or? Uh, yes. Yes. And he was cheating on his wife with the Isis Bride. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of his texts were leaked. And apparently he liked to... Uh, produce on her tonsils. Yeah, he also wanted a, another act to be performed on That's him before right. that. He wanted a he wanted, he wanted an, an RJ. Right. Yeah, oh, the, the gears are turning in Dan's brain. RJ. Come on, dude. Rim job. <laughs> Beth. I I keep forgetting that you don't need subtlety here in the den. It's fun to and play. And with the this game. setup. Her leaders are Cray Trey is breastfeeding YouTube videos and Jake's <laughs> travel stories. What an elaborate bit. Now here's a picture of her next to a literal whale penis, which is humbling, and at the Blue Lagoon where she's just hot from Dummy Grant in Austin. Good dude. Dummy. As opposed to DF. Well, there's been some pushback, and I don't have a position on if people that listen to us are called subbies or dummies or DFs. Um, what does the brand manager think? The pushback is, of course, that it, and it's what I said long ago. I feel like P1 occurred organically, mm. and I've heard many radio stations come and go where they're like, oh, we have to do the. Uh, yep. Is the fan dude like Tolo? Tolo. Like they made that up. Turn it on, leave it on. Yeah. yeah. And maybe some other station has done that, but and I guess it works over time if you just do it. But it just feels you don't want it to seem forced. Yeah. So if whatever emerges in the end, I don't care as long as uh, people subscribe and and we're all happy and <laughs> it pay you money. We can uh, you know pay for that website <laughs> <laughs> with negotiations continuing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did want to tell you about one thing from Radio Row, which we missed out on. Okay. Um, <clears throat> because we missed out on, I think is a pretty great bit. And I've tried booking the guy, but he said he doesn't want to do any more publicity this uh, this session. <laughs> but this email was going around. Just wanted to check in and see if you will be on site in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week and if you would be interested in having 
Current NBC Sports broadcaster and former NFL Network broadcaster and reporter Randy Moss on your show to talk about the big game. Randy will be making the rounds on Radio Rose, available as a guest on Wednesday and Thursday ahead of the Super Bowl. Randy can talk about football, which he covered on NFL Network from 08 to 21, blah, 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 blah. Okay? It's a pitch for Randy Moss. The other Randy Moss. However, it's the white Randy Moss. Yes. And a lot of people were getting pretty angry on Radio Row when they thought they had booked Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. Randy Moss. So did this guy, Randy Moss, actually work for the NFL Network? Yes. yes. So nothing was fake? No. No. But he knew what was going no. on? Yes. Okay, because I think we may have had him in the past. The white Randy Moss? or But on purpose. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to book him. Both of them. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Okay, so yeah. you saw that and said, okay, I'll book Randy Moss. Yeah, because uh, I think that a clip went around of uh, Boomer Sison and Geo on the fan in New York. They figure this out as they're going through it that, oh, this is not the real Randy Moss. And they get pissed. What are you talking about here? Yeah, right. This guy, he needs to know what's up. He, he knows what he's doing. False advertising. And I thought it was great. I thought it was a great bit. <laughs> You're expecting Randy Moss and then <laughs> some white guy who's a <laughs> horse racing analyst yes, sits down. Yes, Hey, <laughs> you want to talk Super Bowl? Yeah, hey, you want to talk about the Preakness? <laughs> Radio Row is a good place for bits. Yeah. Like, didn't we try to do something with Kid from Kid and Play one year just to see if people would book him? I don't know if you were there that year, Blake. No, but I don't remember that. But he came out and we printed something up to see if we could get – and we did. We got him booked on a couple of radio stations. <laughs> That's awesome. Because you're looking for somebody. Yeah. I had to be Pat Green's handler one year. Really? Got to walk around Pat Green, which was cool. Did you get mobbed? Uh, people didn't have a lot of time for me, but just walking with, through a crowd with a celebrity of his stature is pretty amazing. Get him on 1041 the fart and wherever. Oh, no, dude, I he mean, was doing just all the. He was doing big Sirius XM. He was doing all okay. these TV stations. All he right. did not have time for Louisville radio. Baton Rouge. I got a little more business talk, which is that. Um, well, it's sports business. What do you guys think of uh, Coach Sarkeesian? The New Deal? Did you see it? Saw the headline and some of the details. Getting a raise, right? Pretty significant one. Big one. Like they're doubling his salary. Wow. This is the world of being a college football coach where you do not have rules like they do kind of even for the players still. But these are college coaches who bitch about the portal. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. These players don't even have to play up to a certain standard. They can just leave. And Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, uh, so he was being paid. Let's see. It was a, What year did he first start with uh, UT? Two years ago? I thought it was yeah, longer two than or that. Three. He first signed a six-year, $34 million deal. Now they've added an extension. Yeah, 2021 was his first year. Wow. Okay, so they added an extension. They tore up whatever the next couple years mm-hmm. because they obviously had a very good year. Yep. Um, and that's Went the way to the you playoff. do it yep. in college football. And probably this happened right when Saban retired. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Every, Everyone was getting paid. 
And, so, and Jimmy Sexton is at the, the the agent is at the heart of all of this. You know, he's got all of his clients. So it was six years, thirty four million. Now the next seven years, it'll be seventy four million. Wow. <laughs> he starts with ten point three million dollars in twenty twenty four with a one hundred thousand dollar annual raise through the end of the deal. Why? That seems yeah kind of silly, but uh, okay. Just so you can say, hey, I made more this year than I did last year. Like, that's always fun on your Social Security thing, the thing they used to send. Them. You ever look at that and how much you made when you're 18 and how much you made when you're 25 and on and on, and you just hope to keep making a little more every year? Yeah. I guess <clears throat> I don't check the Social Security because I'm not going to get it. <laughs> what do you mean by that? You think it won't exist? No way, right? I don't know. Uh, also, because it's not enough just to get $10.3 million a year, you can get bonuses, which could be up to $1.85 million per year. So, yeah, the uh, originally, so he's going to make ten point three this year. In the original contract, his contract this year would have been $5.8 million. So it's uh, just about doubling. They're also giving him uh, two cars. I love this part of it. Yes. Two dealer cars. Yeah, the perks. Country club membership. It's a big deal. So again, we're paying you $10.3 million. You can probably afford the country club membership. Yeah, but you got to go sign up and you got to take a tour and you got to meet the people. No, you're already in. Yeah. Access to a private jet. Now, Now you're interested. The what PJ you, comes up, Dan's all about it. What do you mean by access? UT will provide 20 hours of a private jet flight time for personal use each year. Unused okay. hours will not carry over. Okay. So I want to go. You can't just use it every week. Well, I mean, you can until your 20 hours runs out. But of course... I make $10.3 million, maybe I can then just get a private jet. Or do you think they're going to be really tight with that 20 hours? You know, Craig Way got access to one for work purposes at Texas one time. Really? Yeah. Because, you know. He's the busiest man on earth. He does everything (laughs) UT related and has done that for decades now. You know, usually somebody in that position, you're the voice of the football team and men's basketball, and yeah. somebody else handles women's basketball right. and baseball or other sports. Craig does as much as he possibly can. So I don't think he has regular access, but I remember uh, when I was a part of the broadcast myself doing pregame, halftime, and postgame, there was some conflict where there was no way he could make it from. I think it was a football game to a men's basketball game. The next day, he couldn't do it flying commercial. And a Texas booster said, use my plane. We need you there, Craig. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the dream. Uh, Yeah, where's one of our boosters? Our subbies to give us a little PJ action. I got to get to France at a certain time. I can't... Um, Some have been nice enough to offer up their airline points. I don't know if they're going to let us borrow a, a PJ. Airline points? Yeah. Okay. 
I hate using airline points. Yeah, I always feel it, like I'm getting screwed yes, if I use airline yes, points. Yes, for sure. It's not equitable. It doesn't seem like it. But if you'd like us to use yours, <laughs> we would love to. Blake would. I would. Because he's not going to really go anywhere anyway, so you won't you won't really have to give him anything. I said $1.85 million uh, performance incentives, possibly. That's like for conference championship, which I don't think is going to happen again. No. I think they're out of that game, right? Um, going to, you know, the playoffs, going to the postseason at all. So I guess, you know, um, let's see. Uh, Little stuff, stuff like that. Coach of the year, if you are coach of the year, yeah, sure. If you're even conference coach of the year, you can get a hundred thousand dollars. And then um, the country club, the private jets, a weird special one-time payment of three hundred thousand dollars by April first, twenty twenty-four. So a signing bonus, <laughs> but he gets to pick when <laughs> when it comes in. And then tickets available for re- for use. Up to 12 for all home football games. Then the opportunity to purchase 20 more. Uh, Up to eight for any away football games. Same thing. You could purchase 20 more. Up to eight for any conference championship game. Up to six for any home game for any other sport. You want to go to a baseball game. Don't pay. Like as if he would have to pay if he was walking in anyway. Um, But the business thing involved in this that I uh, don't understand. We'll have to ask Finance Fred or something. They're paying most of the money to Sarkeesian's LLC, which allows him to write off agent fees. How about that? I don't know what that means. I know we have an LLC. Which is good. And I know we're supposed to write stuff off. I wonder if Sark is sitting there as long as I am. Like, geez, man. Going through the credit card bill, highlighting this from from uh, July, like, okay, oh, this was a uh, subscription to this website, this sports website, okay. This space.com. Oh, yeah, space.com, so yeah. for sure. Yeah, that seems over the top for someone making that much, just to save on agent fees, and I'm sure there's a tax Which is, I'm sure, implication here. quite significant, yeah, with a deal like that, the numbers you just laid out. I mean, if it's 10%, whatever it happens to be, I don't know what college coaches pay their agents um yeah that's brilliant but you think back 10 years ago where sarkeesian was and you know his addiction and all of that like this is remarkable yeah to now have a deal like this drinking's not so bad no it can lead you there (laughs) that's why i'm gonna start drinking i just i just haven't drank enough is the problem uh, Want to do some news today? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Oh, oh no, 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 dude. News couch. Here's Blake Jones. No. I did not no, sign off Blake. on that intro. Dude, I am. Am I wrong? I am so with you. I am so. I heard it's that the on Friday. Sound we have. That freaked me out as a kid when that started. This was like 2001 or, you know, whenever it was launched. Um, I vividly remember. The first time I heard that, I was <laughs> tagging along with my dad at the KRLD studios, which were uh, beyond center field at the ballpark at the time. And he, he was working late, recording some stuff for the next morning. 
and I was just hanging out on you know one of the couches there, and I heard you know the, obviously the station is playing over the PA just like you know any radio station that you might encounter in the hallways, and I just remember that tone that siren. Ugh. Yeah. God. No, that that puts me back in the back seat of my parents' car, and then just driving anywhere at night, and. Yeah, it could be a tornado, it could be an amber alert, yeah. but just whatever, it just no ugh, that haunted that me. sound, it just that the anxiety, yeah. blood pressure, like this is serious. Then you know, then you think about the kid and you know, kidnapped or whatever the situation. Yeah, then, then is. Then you start laughing. God. Well, okay. Well, then the guy coming on has such urgency in his voice. Yeah. You know, hey, around the you know Collin County, there's a tornado touching down. You need to you know seek shelter or right. whatever. Hey, we're looking for a 12 year old girl. You, mm-hmm. Whatever. It's just yeah. it just spells bad news. I can't believe that Dan thought that. Why don't I you guys sack up? <laughs> can't believe that Dan well, thought nine year old you should sack up. Yeah, whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> Scary. You think that I sounded like the sample that you guys played on Friday? Yeah. Do you want to hear it again? What was that? Uh, I just played a. This is one from like, I don't know, tw- 2009 maybe. Dan was like, oh, is, uh, is that Ted Emmerich? <laughs> is that your fake Dan? <laughs> Everyone has a fake Dan. <laughs> Dan thought of this. Okay, here's the example I played on Friday. This noise isn't great either. It's not great. But at least, to it. at least with this, you think oh, this is just a test. Yeah, that's right. We do this test once a, Mo- once a monthly, month. Yes. We'll be okay. All right, so let me just sit back here, just driving along, and oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Waxahachie Police Department has issued an amber alert for Philip Olive Weideman, who goes by Ollie, a white boy, no? six years old, four That sounds tall, nothing yeah, like me. There. That sounds nothing like me. A little bit. Shorts and tan shoes. Police are also looking Maybe. for a Seriously, what do you get paid? Like, is it a yearly <laughs> contract or what is it? <laughs> I get paid a game rate <laughs> times the number of guaranteed events. That's my salary for Here's the year. Here's what I want Dan. you to do. Next one, next Amber Alert, work in like a bit. Work in a. <laughs> you're, doing the, you're the Amber Alert guy. Yeah, work in like. <laughs> I've, never voiced, I've never voiced an Amber Alert. Uh, so humble. He just doesn't want to. No. Well, see, this is this is his game. He wants to pretend he's not the Amber Alert guy because right. he's not going to turn that money in on his taxes. That's right. Okay, no, I'm with you. I got to okay. save on my I'm agent also trying fees. To... <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's going on in Hood County? Is well, a warthog on the loose? We'll get to Hood County. Boy, look okay. how bad Ted is. I've never seen him this worked up. Anyone that steps into the den just wants to produce the show. So bad. <laughs> hey, you should get to this. Now hurry up and do this story. Bridgeport Police, Wise County Deputies, and the Texas Rangers are investigating a shooting that occurred after a fight at a Bridgeport nursing home. I think it's bad that you name your baseball team after this other organization. Right. So is Adolis on this case? I always thought it was cool. You think it's cool so we can get that kind of comedy? I knew he would go to this line of comedy. I was just trying to think of what Ranger he would name. (laughs) Okay. But they took the original logo from the Texas Rangers. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Okay. Now their history is a little, a little as, shaky as we've little come to find spinning. out. A little bit. But then again, that's the nation, isn't it? 
Yeah. We we have a suspect America's history. great butt. Yeah, you know, a little racist. Um the part that stuck out to stuck out to me there was the nursing home. What are we fighting about at a nursing home? Mm. Well, police respond and find a man suffering from a GSW. Golden State Warrior gunshot wound. Oh. Witnesses tell police where the shooter fled and he has since been detained. Uh, the victim died later in the day, but come on. What are we fighting about in a nursing home? Jello. Dominoes. Yeah. Cards. Shuttlecock. Yeah. <laughs> or it Shuffleboard. could be pickleball related. You know, last week at this time, I wouldn't have understood that you said shuttlecock. I wouldn't know what that meant because I saw it last week on doing some one of my word games, and so I had to look it up. So it's the thing you hit in badminton. Right. Mm-hmm. And old people are not playing badminton. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying they're the only people playing badminton. I'm saying badminton. Oh, you think it's just died? Yeah, I just don't Still think there's Olympic badminton. Sports. It seems like it's a little bit too much exertion for an old sitting around a nursing home. I could be wrong, though. Just to be honest, I was looking for shuffleboard, and I landed on shuttlecock first okay. for some reason. I think shuffleboard. No, I, yeah, yeah, but shuttlecock, that seems like an old person word. Yeah. Um, you know, it is the dumb zone. Just, you know, dumb core. You know, that's, that's my uh, mentality right now philosophy are you guys aware of this jason kelsey mask ordeal yes dan you're not what's going on so apparently in the after parties jason kelsey was wearing this chief's luchador mask which i'm pretty sure you talked about nacho libre before or you may just know what a luchador mask is yes because of nacho libre okay so he was wearing one of the a Chiefs luchador mask, and uh, you know everyone was going crazy because hey look Jason Kelsey is taking tequila shots out of bowling balls in Buffalo. Now he's wearing this luchador mask at the after parties of the Chiefs games. Like he's just he's an animal. He's a bit, and I think people picked up on this because there's one video in particular where they show Travis Kelsey with a drink in his hand dancing with Taylor Swift and. They start making out, and they're having a great time. And then the camera pans over to Jason Kelsey, I believe, standing next to Marshmallow, the DJ. Mm-hmm. And Jason Kelsey's wearing the luchador mask, and it's just like the tale of two different brothers. Pumping his fist. And, yeah. Yeah. Come to find out, an eighth grader in Dallas said, hey, that's my mask, and I would like it back. And it kind of read like Jason Kelsey stole the mask. Okay. Now that a few days have gone by, they have put everything together, and Jason Kelsey had bumped into this fan. This kid from Dallas is a huge Chiefs fan, somehow able to go to all the Super Bowls, and gave the mask to Jason Kelsey to take a picture with, and they took the picture, and Jason Kelsey just walked away with it on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so he was just so in the moment and probably multiple drinks in that he just didn't process what was going on, and he just kept the mask on the entire night. And apparently he said later on his podcast with Travis, yeah, I just found this mask on the floor, man, and great time. Does the kid have the photo to prove? Yes. Oh, okay. 
What do we what do we make of all this then? At the end. Um is he is he trying to get a Jason Kelsey some kind of a oh, thing? I mean, they're going to meet up and they're going to yeah. have yeah. this But <clears throat> I mean, what state was Jason Kelsey in at that point? That interaction no with the, I mean, he's gone. No, I don't I, I don't I don't know if I blame him for anything here. I mean, I don't know. I think if if that were my mask, I would just say, hey, I had a memory. That's my mask that Jason Kelsey has, and maybe I don't bring it up to news outlets that, hey, Jason Kelsey stole my mask. But that's just me. You're a humble guy. I'm like LeBron. That's right. You don't want attention thrown at you, the flowers. But no. you will take it if it's going to help you know, the community to be able to give you a present. I, it, I mean, yeah, the fans deserve it, really. Because they've been a part of your journey. Uh, yeah, but I've never viewed myself as the face of anything. Hmm. Besides the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. We have a strike in Fort Worth at the Molson Coors Brewery. Now, you may know this building as it's got the big Miller sign on the side of it. Right. Uh, apparently, they make Miller, Miller Lite, and Coors. And people are striking here, and it's the first strike in Fort Worth since the 1970s. Okay. Hmm. A couple hundred of its workers were outside this weekend as part of a walkout in frustration over negotiations. Ah, uh, yes. Now, Dan, you may have to walk me through this part. Workers are asking for new contracts with pay raises, improved health care, yeah. and retirement benefits. Company says what they offered was fair. Oh, okay. Well, then... I mean, you should just take it then, obviously. That is interesting. And now the company is moving on with their contingency plans. Which is? Scab workers. The article doesn't say, but with any sort of... Robots? Machinery work, why not robots? Right. And why... I, To me, I don't know... If I was that easily replaceable, I don't know if I would be striking. Because... One day they'll just, yeah, build a robot to do your job and not think twice about it. To put the banquet beer in the 12Ks. Yeah. Well, sometimes you think uh, the opposite of LeBron. You think too highly of yourself. You think, well, I'm not that easily replaceable. I'm not saying I have experience at that, but I'm just saying sometimes you might think that, and then they just go, okay, well, we'll replace you anyway. And then you go, ah. I agree. And then you're naming something the dumb zone the next day. Yeah. But there at least you have some sort of whatever you want to call it, quote unquote, fame. People know you. Thank you. You have personality. Thank you. And the product would slip without you. But when you're in a job like this and where, hey, this is how we do things and 90% of the population can do it, I don't understand what your leverage is there. Uh, well, I guess the leverage, that's why you unionize, right? The leverage is if you <coughs> have did. none of us, yeah, like in, it's a collective action. And that's will you know force you to treat us what we determine as fair. That's how you get the meme with the guy wearing the Elmo head and Blaze going up behind him and he's got his fist in the air. Power to the people. And in this situation, I feel like the company has power because they could find people to replace them. But, like, 
let's say the ticket, like I think you guys could have sh- could have striked at any time and gotten whatever you wanted. If collective action, yes. Yeah, there's there's no one anyone would be on the same page. And that's why that's why yes, in certain industries, the entertainment industry, Major League Baseball, if I mean, I just finished somewhat recently finished reading the Marvin Miller book. That's yeah. a a very big deal in it is you have to realize guys, the power you have collectively is great. And if collect, you know, if you want management to keep changing the contracts to be heavily in their favor, which is was the Major League Baseball story forever, well, then don't be collectively uh, together. Well, management will give the players all kinds of, uh, you know, warnings. Like, hey, I mean, if, if you had free agency, if we didn't have contracts that locked you into one team forever... That would ruin the game. <laughs> and if you say it long enough and you are pretty successful doing it this way, then eventually the players all kind of nod and go, yes. And then when somebody says, hey, we should unionize. Yeah, but that's just going to lead to, uh, I mean, would that lead to free agency and player movement? Well, that will ruin the game. And now the players are saying it for you because the press is already going to pair it what the uh, clubs are saying. And now the players are starting to say it. So it was very difficult to even get them to do anything in the beginning. And every little step they made, there was always a lot of player resistance. And uh, until they kind of... I think arbitration was the big thing. Like, if we ever had arbitration, that's a huge deal because it gives you an independent third party. And so that's what baseball set up with the players' union eventually. That took a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they got that, then they could say, all right, we'll take it to a third-party neutral observer. And that third party would go, wait a second. This guy gets paid $100,000, and this guy gets paid 20000 yet they had similar numbers. Yes, I think you should, you know. So not only, though, um, financially, but it would be any dispute would be settled by a third party arbitration, uh, you know, uh, appointed by both sides, I guess somebody that they agreed. And um, yes, if that were to occur in, let's say contract negotiations, then they would say, all right, well, what does uh, this station make? What, you know, hypothetical radio station. What did they make? <laughs> well, what do you make? Well, what have you made in the past? What do others make? who do your similar job, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, th- I think for sure the reason to unionize isn't as much for the stars, not to say I'm a star, but in the whole, you know, the stars of baseball didn't really care about it. Yeah, it was for the rank working. and file. Yeah. yeah, And so, yes, it would be like a, hey, uh, let's make this radio. If it's a board op, hey, I only make this. The guy that works across the street makes double my salary, yet they make that radio station makes half of your revenue. That's where the third-party arbitrator would say, yes, the salary should be higher here because you can pay it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, there's all kinds of things. But, yeah, collective action is is usually a big key. 
And I, I don't know how it relates, though, to... <laughs> no, I mean, it, it relates, but in it, yeah. that's not a real skill. I, I don't know the skill that it takes to... <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't either. That's work kinda... at the brewery. Maybe, maybe there is a certain... Maybe it couldn't just hire you. Yeah. But I would guess that you could learn it. That's, I don't know. That's kind of my point. Maybe, here, maybe if, not. If you're this replaceable, I, I don't know. But it, a cool part of the story that I had no idea about is... But, but that's why they want to be collective. Yeah. Is because you can be replaced. Much like, I guess you might say, the lower level employees at a radio station, oh, I can go get someone else to do that job. And, yeah. and they you're may told or may that not be repeatedly. That you may you or may not be wrong. Yeah, you're treated that way, yes. especially. No, but you may. they may actually be right. No. They, I mean, the history are, yeah. will show. Do you yes, know how many people if are I can waiting keep, outside that door? If I can keep the musers together, the three musers, yeah. well, I can mix and, mix and match people around them. They're still going to be successful. Because that's how good they are. So they don't really need the union as much as, you know, all the other people around me. So these workers are making $1,000 per week in strike pay. And I did not know what strike pay was. And apparently if you are a part of a union, some of your paycheck goes to this strike fund. Where yeah. Wow. The company knows that this union does have enough funds to pay these workers if they were to strike for a certain amount of time. And I, th- I thought that's very forward thinking. I thought that was that's pretty awesome. Yeah, baseball did that. I believe in around the early '80s, they had their sights set on like they knew the next collective bargaining. They already received signals from the owners. They're going to uh, you know free agency had already started, but they were going to try and put the clamps on that and demand compensation from other teams to be part of free agency. So if you, so if you signed a free agent, well, uh, if, if the uh, Rangers signed a free agent from the Yankees, the Yankees would able, be able to pick any player they wanted from the Rangers and just take them. That was what the owners wanted. And that's why the players, they, they saw this is coming down the road in two years, so they started putting away even more in their strike fund. And so they could weather that storm. Because that's, that's the company's goal. Just wait Just, it out. Right. You're going to need that money at some point. Yeah. You're, you're a worker. Even the players who make a lot of money, you know, you probably live above your means. You know, we're the company. We can't, oh, uh, you know. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm much more interested in this stuff now. <laughs> I was I was trying to I was trying to place it yeah like that like yeah th- these kinds of things make uh, a lot more sense now. Um, so yeah, interesting situation there in Fort Worth. Okay, Ted. Yes. You want to check in on Hood County? Let's do it. All right. Anyone? <clears throat> okay. I'm reading this verbatim. Okay. So if the grammar's not right, mm-hmm. don't yell at me. Put on an accent too. Um, okay, we'll see. Anyone losing this fur baby on Contrary Creek has black collar kind of been on him or a while, but he right in the middle of road. As we pass, as we pass through safely, oh, as we pass through safely, (laughs) he was following us like he was lost or someone left him behind. Didn't know, probably some missing in someone's home. I tried calling him to feed him in case he hadn't ate, would get close, but then pull back. Okay, so this dog's on the road. 
Right, and in, the, this right in the middle of road. Person is thinking about rescuing him. Uh, Dina responds, Please do not pick up our dog. Hmm? My husband passed on January 27th, and the dogs lay out by the road waiting for him mm. in case he comes home every day since wow, he died. Wow, what a bear trap she mm. has stepped into. Not sure how long they will do this, but the pipe fence is where they live. Thank you for caring. Great job, Denna. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was unnecessary. Some people don't step into the bear trap. You make it for them, <laughs> as Denna did there. We get a picture of Denna? Uh, I can find you a picture of Dinah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'll get you a picture of Dinah. Could you use a little... Visual aid? No, she could use a shoulder to lean on. Oh, that's right. She is newly single. Yeah. NBC5 did a story on how... I'm primarily doing this story for you, Dan. How fast foodies are getting fed up with the price of fast food now. Mm. Apparently there are foodies and now fast foodies. Like they're really into fast food. They really... Well, they like good fast food. Okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, the, the premise of the article is fa- the f- price of fast food has increased so much to where it's now no longer convenient. <sighs> the prices are matching that of a sit-down restaurant, so what's the premise here? <clears throat> the food uh, at home category, you know, where you get your groceries, you go home and m- you make the food, uh, inflation-wise, only up 1.3%. Compared to food away from home that rose 5.2. So these fast food CEOs are seeing their business plummet because people are now returning to make their food at home. That article got posted. Not me. Nope. Go ahead. That article got posted in the Hood County Breaking News, and I thought I'd read some <laughs> of the comments. Oh, no. From people. Yeah, I'm sure they have uh, problems with the Whataburger. Bosun says it's because everyone wanted a raise. Now that it happened, all prices of everything have gone up, so it only hurt all of us. Not everyone has gotten a raise there, Bosun. <laughs> uh, Bill says prices are out of control even at Taco Bell, where even <laughs> a senior discount lunch still costs about 10 bucks. Yeah, thanks, Biden. Nita says I haven't had McDonald's food in many years. It's the worst. Fake food is not healthy. I wish I could say it's our president's fault. We have no president. His brain is gone. So we have someone telling him what to say. Excellent. That's why prices have soared. It's insane. It's cheaper to go buy groceries and make stuff at home. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought buying groceries was too expensive, too. I've heard that. Is I'm it? sorry. No, I've just heard that. Well, like, oh, eggs It's just gone up across yeah. the board, Dan. Yeah, everything is up. Yeah. Including uh, your Gordita Crunchwrap. I'll end this with Joe Sid says, Prices higher in the portion smaller. Bags of chips only half air. Pringles three inches down from the top. <laughs> it's almost too funny. <laughs> I always laugh at people who make a big deal of that. Well, it's mostly air. And finally, if you are the one with the land at 377 and Friendship Road in Toller, a calf got through your fence. A calf. Toller uh, Rattlers, I believe. Check me on that. Interesting. Boy, I'm pretty gotta... sure. That's that's a that's a two-way school for you. There's your news. Let's we see We got here. a battle here. The Dumb Toller dumb Rattlers. Yes. Like and subscribe. Let me find dinner for you. Dan. The Dumb Zone presents Today it's all good. in History. Oh, now you're not interested? Let's see here. 
So it's Monday, February 19th, President's Day. That's why we remembered President Bush on this day. I'm having an awesome President's Day. Are you? Yeah. In the den, man. So on this day in 1838, Indian captive Rachel Plummer was reunited with her husband after spending over a year with the Comanches. She was kidnapped along with four other people, including her son, during a raid. She ended up writing a book about the experience. The title of the book is... My Year with the Comanches? Rachel Plummer's narrative of 21 months servitude as prisoner among the Comanche Indians. Does she not have an editor? I was going to yeah. say, did they not have... I, I, I don't think that's going to sell very well. In you need, 1838. You need a hook. Right. Yeah. You like how I put my foot up on your table now? I'm really at home. Yeah, relax. I know we're not on video today, but... I've tried to make it welcoming for you. I yeah. even moved the dog bowl so you could do the closed door policy with the bathroom. Uh, I know he doesn't do that for everyone. No, really. Well, I I've gone open. Like Jared, door. I made him go right in front of I, us. I changed. <laughs> I changed <laughs> like a pot in the corner. He right. had to go in. Yeah, yeah I, I heard about that. Yeah, he. That's why he won't be back. Uh, I had, yeah, I had to change the water on the goldfish uh, today, and I I went open door. Change the water on the goldfish. Yeah. It's another one for you. Is it? Yeah. I've never heard that. Well, there you go. You're welcome. You don't mind if we go feed up? Of course not. Okay. I don't this know. Is a, you, this is a sturdy Everything in table. this room is garbage. I wouldn't like, say seriously, that. Like, seriously, this couch was about to be thrown away before it was like, okay, well, let's just put it up here. Well, I just, I know you want shoes off, so I just didn't know if, like, feet on your coffee tables also along the same line. No, I feel like shoes, you walk through... You know, public restrooms, it's sticky, you have that, yeah. then you walk right. into a house and you start walking around, okay. now you, uh, this, you know. This is a brand new ball game then. Oh, look at yeah, that. See? Great? Now you can go yeah, laptop now, now it feels on great. your lap. This feels awesome. Look at that. On this oh. day in 1942, it was during World War II, President FDR signed Executive Order 9066 <laughs> that paved the way for the relocation and internment of people of Japanese ancestry even U.S.-born citizens. Now, did he stand up <laughs> and deliver that message? He did. I don't know. It wasn't covered in the movie Pearl Harbor, <laughs> so I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Boy, a lot of Pearl Harbor feedback. <laughs> it did not flop. Apparently. It's a great movie. On this day in 1976, no, President Gerald Ford... Decent. Had he called... Been. The issuing of the internment order for people of Japanese ancestry in 1942, a sad day in American history. He signed a proclamation formally confirming its termination. So actually, it was an active program officially until 1976. 76? Yeah. Damn. And Gerald Ford rose out of his wheelchair as well to end the mistreatment. And on this day in 2008, an ailing Fidel Castro resigned the Cuban presidency after nearly 50 years in power. They did a comprehensive search to determine his successor. (laughs) They hired a search firm. (laughs) And it just so happened that his brother was the best candidate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Raul Castro, a Nepo baby. And uh, 
famous wedding on this date in 1995, Baywatch actress Pam Anderson married rocker Tommy Lee. And they produced a famous video together. And you've seen that wedding consummated. Watched a documentary on this on Hulu. I, I stuck with it for was two it or a- three episodes. No, it wasn't a documentary. It was a scripted show, right? Sebastian Stan and... Uh, oh, the guy on. from Superbad. Yes. Uh, Seth Rogen was yeah. in it, too. Uh, Lily... Was it Lily Collins? Tomlin. Not Lily Tomlin as Pamela Anderson. Uh, I couldn't stick with it <laughs> because... No, it's a... 80s no, no, actress. A, 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 it was SNL, right? At some point, Lily Tomlin. Um, I maybe not SNL, but yeah, in that era, she was like in a movie with Steve Martin. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Lily James. Excuse me, Lily James. Um, yeah, I gave up after in one of the episodes. Uh, Can I guess? Go ahead. Is it when they have Tommy Lee's penis talking? Yes. I was out at that point. Like what? It looks at the can. I didn't even make it that far. Oh yeah, I got through yeah. about an episode, yeah. or maybe two. And what it's do you like, mean? Eh, it looks- this thing sucks. What do you mean? It looks at the camera. Well, I mean, like it actually. Yep, it's you know they got a little put mouth. a voice on it. Got a little- <laughs> what? He points it at the camera. I don't know if he points it at. The- I don't remember. I didn't go back and watch it and break it down frame by frame. But yeah. that's an early sex sex tape though that. I was on board with as a kid, for sure. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, I don't think so. I think I know they're on a boat, but I I think that's all I know. His wiener is exceptionally here, large. Here we go. Here's an article from Entertainment Weekly. How that talking penis came to life in Pam and Tommy episode two. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't so, make it through two. Yeah. I, I Again, I was, what did I say? Two or three? Yeah. I yeah. was done after two. Uh. Um, birthdays, we have June Jones, 71. SMU, Hawaii. Did you guys know June Jones was an NFL player? No, I didn't. No. I didn't either till I was, when I check birthdays in the morning, I'll scroll through like NFL, you know, the... ProFootballReference.com has like a they'll list a birthday page for every one year. North, sport. North Texas beat SMU so bad it made June Jones quit. That's right, and he would never be heard from again. <laughs> then he went to Hawaii. Is that how? Yeah, it I happened? think it wasn't he Hawaii first okay. and then SMU. Really, he ran one of those sling it around offenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger Goodell, sixty-five. Uh, boo? <laughs> Do we hate him? The Joker is 29. Man. Luca's buddy. I'm with Jake. I hate those videos. What? Just of how... Him cool. and Jokic palling around? Yeah. Why, why do you hate it? Just <clears throat> the fact that they may want to play together one day and it won't be here. But yeah, they seem like the best of buds. Dave Stewart is 67. Oh, man. Do you have the story that goes with uh, Dave Stewart? Go on. The former well, A's pitcher. I, so I was I was listening to the Musers this morning, and this came up, and I had to uh, find the details on this. So let's go to 
the UPI, was that United Press International or something, uh, from 1985. Texas Rangers pitcher Dave Stewart was arrested this week for allegedly having sex with a word that we don't use anymore, starts with a T, prostitute on Skid Row, police said Thursday. Transvestite? Correct. Did you say that? Uh, The arrest on charges of participating in an act of lewd conduct was the second in the area this month of a well-known athlete. This is Dateline Los Angeles. Olympic gold medalist Edwin Moses was arrested January 13th in Hollywood after he allegedly propositioned an undercover female officer. So Dave Stewart was 27 at the time. This is when it gets good. Uh, Police Commander William Booth said, Mr. Stewart said he was unaware that the prostitute was a male until after the arrest. What year was this? Uh, 1985. January 24th, 85. That was his statement, and we have reason to believe him. It it also said that uh, when police found him, uh, the prostitute was engaging in oral copulation on Stewart. It's a word you don't hear often these days. Okay. So, what, so when was that? 1985. What, what month or whatever? January 85. When he was with the Rangers. Okay, so they still... He played out the year and then they traded him mm-hmm. during that year to the Phillies. Ended up being released. Because I was looking at his, you know, history. Do you know who he is? Uh, no. Okay, he was a... I do now. He was an A's pitcher and he was always one of the best pitchers in baseball, as I recall... He won 20 games four years in a row. So during the McGuire, Mm -hmm. Kenseiko, Bash Bash Brothers, Brothers, uh, he was like the guy. Never won the Cy Young Award. Got a couple of thirds, a second, and a fourth. But he was just always one of the best pitchers in baseball. That's just my memory of him. But that was until the age of 30 that he had his first 20-win season. As you were, I didn't know about this Rangers story. Yeah, when he was 27. But he was... From oral copulation to one of the uh, premier pitchers in baseball. His last two years before the Rangers traded him, he was 7-20. and 20. Like, he was just terrible. He was nothing. And then I wonder, do steroids make pitchers better? Because that was a big <laughs> deal with the A's. With the A's, They, yeah. they were just roided out. Millie Bobby Brown is 20. And he couldn't tell it was a... That's transvestite prostitute but I feel like our technology with that has gotten so much better like you shouldn't have been fooled by that like technology now, nowadays what, you just have a radar for that now no nowadays I think they you can wave a wand they can make it to where you don't really know until you know <laughs> but back then I feel like probably should have sp- spotted that roll of quarter in his, in his pocket or something <laughs> the Adam's apple yeah, the beard or something. Jeff Daniels is t- 69. Seal, 61. <laughs> Seal? What are you, Seal? Leslie David Baker is 64. Sod. The office. That is, uh, yeah, Stanley. Stanley, right? Yeah. And then Haley Duff, 39. Summer. She is from Napoleon Dynamite, which Ted has never seen. I've never seen. That, that is one of my blind spots. 
Uh, died on this day, we have, uh, in 2023, Richard Belzer. Greatness. Comedian, munch on Law & Order SVU. Didn't expect you to say greatness, <laughs> but... I liked him on Law & Order. Okay, yeah, my, sure, I, grow, Man, my, my mom was very into Law & Order in all of them, so we watched that a ton growing up. And born on this day, now they're not alive, it's uh, Nicholas Copernicus, the astronomer who had the crazy idea that the Earth revolves around the sun, not the other way around. Everybody else thought it was the sun. And he's mm. like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm saying we revolve around it. Because the whoa. prevailing thought was that Bro. the Earth is the center of the universe. That's why there's life and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I was doing this in my head when I first saw his name on the list. And I wondered if you guys would come closer than I did. Guess any year that he was alive. He was 70 years old when he died. So can you guess any year that Nicholas Copernicus was alive? <coughs> yeah, just a year that falls within yeah. <coughs> his Let's time Let's even give on you Earth. a plus or minus of 20. So you have a 100-year window, over 100 years. Now, but did I just want to play the millionaire music? Probably. Uh, I, I do love when you play this music. 1580. Okay. 1580. Blake, the time's running out. People don't want to go. This sound effect they should. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go pretty close to Ted. 1510. Nicholas Copernicus lived to the age of 70. Born in 1473, died in 1543. Wow. Blake, wow. you are the winner. Well done. <sighs> Feels good. I mean, Blake Feels has always good. been up on history. <laughs> Closing remarks. Oh, um, I will just say we're not going to do a show tomorrow because it's actually... Oh, no. And I don't even know how many people make it to the end of these shows. That's why we kind of put the fluffy birthdays at the end if you don't want to stick around. The meat is earlier. <laughs> but um, we are going to... So to speak. I'm going to see a Dr. Phil show taping. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to... Through a friend, got some tickets. We'll talk about it later this week. Boy, we'll, gotta, we'll do a Wednesday show instead. Oh, good. You got to bring some content back for that. So put out the the text blast or whatever on <laughs> Patreon if you can. Text blast on Patreon. Well, don't do you get like an alert if no. you're a subby? No. Well, some people do. I don't they, get a text alert. Or they get like an email alert I, mean, I, or I get an email when a new episode drops. Okay, well, See, if you put out the... He hasn't hit the bell icon. Oh. To like and subscribe? Well, you got to hit the bell for notifications. Closing remarks, Ted? No puppet, 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 no puppet,